Hello everybody and welcome to season 10 of Sequelizers. We have finally made it. Double fucking digits. Sequelizers X. There we thank you Tim. Thank you. 90s nostalgia. Everything needs an X in it. Sequelizers extreme to the max. Shit. Etc. I am Jack with an X. Chambers, I am your host <laughs> as always, and joining me is Matthew Stockton. The listeners needed to respond to an uncivilized threat in a civilized time, and for that, they needed a sequelizer's mind, my mind, to design pitches. And speaking of someone with a sequelizing mind, it's Tim Matum. Yeah, well, I got nowhere else to go. The ex-wife took the whole damn genre in the divorce. All I got left is my sequels. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty much. I, I like that those two quotes are obscure enough that people wouldn't necessarily know what we're covering. Despite the fact we're covering, like, one of the biggest, most influential franchises of all time. Yeah. For the second time, which is a rare thing we do here on Sequelizers. Is this our first sequel to an episode of a sequel, as in, like, as Returning in the same time, the same no, time. No, like, Batman, Dark Knight Rises. Bat- yeah. And we've done Prometheus and Alien My 3 as well. My God, we've done this a few in times. The, are they, though? It's, it's almost like, like after 10 seasons, yeah. we're <laughs> beating this dead horse. X Men 3 and Origins Wolverine yeah. as well. I don't know why I thought we would. No, I don't <laughs> know why you thought we did a new frontier or Spider-Man threshold. 3 and Bre- Blade Trinity, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> same, same universe. <laughs> Who knew? Told you this whole time. Valid. Yeah. yeah. But before we get to talking about Star Trek Into Darkness from 2013, that's right, folks. We're fixing Into Darkness, a much-requested bad sequel to a surprisingly fantastic 2009 Star Trek movie. Way better than it has any right to be. But we'll get into all of that. Before then, let's talk about our lovely patrons and the people that support us on patreon.com slash sequelizers because they make this show possible. We probably wouldn't be here with 10 seasons of sequelizers, we didn't have the fantastic porn. Uh, fantastic porn. Fantastic porn. Fantastic porn. <laughs> fantastic porn. Fantastic Where porn. to find it? Yeah. <laughs> only fa- only, only fa- I mean, fantastic breasts and where to find them. It's right there, man. Right oh, there. Nah, that's too much of a pun. Nah. That's, yeah, it is. Back to you in the studio, Jack. Thanks. Now with the weather. Right in titties. Yeah. None of this would be possible without the fantastic support from our patrons. And if you go to patreon.com slash sequelizers, you can get early access to these episodes. You get ad-free versions of this episode. You get all kinds of bonus stuff, like outtakes, exclusive merch, discounts on merch, voting on episodes coming up later on in the season, all kinds of cool stuff. And they're back, folks. Movie commentaries are back as oh, Patreon exclusive yeah. extra stuff. We haven't done that since the Prometheus episode in season season six, episode one. Over two years. Over two years ago. Yeah. Absolutely mad. I very much enjoyed doing the Star Trek Into Darkness commentary <laughs> with you guys. To to break the fourth wall here, that happened last night at the time of recording. It this. did. Yeah. So we're doing two nights in a row talking about Star Trek Into Darkness. My hat theory. It's Matt's yeah. dream and his nightmare. <laughs> Just me screaming hats over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Play it. For those of you who haven't heard the commentary yet, you're listening to this in release order, basically. 
play a little drinking game. I touch on this, but we're already like an hour into the ep- into the film, and I yeah, by the yeah. time I realise this, play a little drinking game. Every time Matt says hats, because <laughs> people in Star Trek wearing hats annoys Matt for do someone. Do you want alcohol poisoning? <laughs> yeah. Do a shot every time Matt says hats. You'll be on the floor in like the first 45 minutes. Fucking livid. All the fucking Starfleet people in their hats. It is front loaded with hats as well. Most and, of them and, appear. And at... end loaded. Yes. All, all the uniforms. They yeah. Whenever they're, to Earth yeah, whenever the they're on uniforms. Earth, too many hats. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. But if you'd like to hear our commentary, that is a little bonus for you exclusively on patreon.com slash sequelizers. We're going to have two more coming up later on in the season as well, hand-selected for the most entertaining but also terrible sequels, I guess. Like, <laughs> most accessible, most entertaining, yeah. most fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. there's an yeah. accessibility element there. You're totally right, Matt, where we don't want to pick like, oh, this is a piece of shit, but nobody can find it yeah. on streaming or DVD or anything, so... How, how would they watch it? That. Yeah. How would they watch it along <laughs> with the commentary? To our, listen to our Mother of Tears commentary. <laughs> Wait, exa- exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yes, we have a movie commentary to go along with this episode. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Into Darkness in a while and want to refresh yourself in preparation for this, you can go and listen to that. That'll be out mm-hmm. in a few days' time. If you've never watched it, this is probably the optimum way to do it because it means you don't have to listen to. Benedict Cumberbatch over enunciating everything as much. Which get Matt doing it instead of the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can save her. Oh, God. <laughs> I have all of these muscles in my mouth. All of my face moves when I talk. I hate that. Oh, it's, oh, it's just the worst. What would you do for your family? Crew. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Shall we begin? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have like a reverberation chamber in your god? <laughs> Well, if you want to go and check out that movie commentary that I think does feature more of you doing Benedict Cumberbatch impressions, Matt. I'm sure it does. It does, yeah. Yeah. You can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers, yeah, and support us there. Like these fine executive producers for season 10 have done. Xenos. I shall leave you as you left me. As you left her. Marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Jonathan Firth Clark. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. James McDowell. I have been and always shall be your friend. Josh Miles. Who the hell are you? A remnant of the time long past. I looked up. Colin Thompson. Until a year ago, he didn't exist. Stuart Main. It was a fiction created the moment I was awoken by your Admiral Marcus to help him advance his cause. A smokescreen to conceal my true identity. My name is... Hyper Dude Man. Khan. Josh Van der Sluis. Philip Morgan. Khan! And our newest executive producer. That's right, folks. Ten executive producers. Season? Ten. Yay! Season ten, ten executive producers. Our newest one is none other than Marcus Lindstrom. Thank you for the support, executive producers. You, as I said, make this show possible, make the seasons possible, make the movie commentaries, all the bonus stuff, all our lovely equipment and all that kind of stuff possible for us here at Sequelizers. And if you can't support us on Patreon, go and review us on podcast apps and stuff. 
I know times are tough for finances at the moment. We thought like, yeah, we're getting out of the pandemic. Everything's going to be damn. fine. And the UK is now on fire for various other reasons, as well as the rest of the world being on fire for other reasons. So yeah, we totally understand if you can't support us on Patreon, we will... Uh, Those who can, keep it free for everyone else. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Matthew. So let's get stuck into Star Trek Into Darkness, shall we, gentlemen? Well, okay. First things first. Let's just cover the fact that in the room there's a minor, minor disparity. A little bit of uh, disagreements. In that Jack, you don't like this movie. That is correct, yes. (laughs) Tim. This movie. I, no, I don't. I don't think it's good. No, 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 no. I'm I, saying you don't. You're apathetic to it. You're like indifferent. Yeah, I, I, I nothing. This movie. Yeah, I, I actively dislike it. And I gave yeah. it a three out of five. It's me. You're mad for giving this a three out of five. Yeah, I would say this is a two out of five. That is a positive That's review fine. on Rotten Tomatoes. It is. It is. You're I, yeah. insane. But mm. I thought I'd get that out of the way now, so yeah. we know the tone of what it's going to be. Like, go forward. Clearly, you know, we're back. It's back into season. We're out of practice. Traditionally, we kick off with, what's your history with the franchise? There yes. we go. I yeah. assume everyone saw this in cinema and saw 2009 J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Correct. A.K.A. the Kelvinverse. A.K.A. Chris Pine's lovely hair. Yes. Um, in cinema. Yes. Yeah. So I've seen all three of the Kelvinverse films so far. They're working on a fourth one, maybe-ish. Yeah, no, I'm not convinced sure. by that. After Tarantino was supposed to make a Star Trek film. I'm that so fucking... glad that Me didn't too, happen. Me too, Tim. Yeah, Holy I don't, shit. I, don't I can't think of a person... There are a few A more people... ill-suited director. Like... No, we need actually, R-rated I, Star actually, Trek. Actually, I could come up with a lot of people who I'd never want to see a Star Trek oh, film Oh, sure. From. But also, yeah. Uwe Tarantino Ball. is such a dreadful idea. Nothing about him makes me think he'd be suited to doing a Star Trek Agreed. Film. Yeah, entirely. Um, um, we probably covered a lot of my history with the franchise, obviously, on our Star Trek episode, if you haven't heard it. It's yes, Star Trek 5. We, you fixed Star Trek 5 yeah. previously. Um, Way back in the day. That, that, was, a, that, that was an executive producer pick. It was, one of it our was. first. Mm. True, it's true. But the Kelvin universe. Um, so the three films thus far, Star Trek, the frustratingly titled Star Trek 2009. Yeah. Or 11. Known as STO9 to the fandom. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, Makes it kind of look like Stog. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that. Uh Uh-huh. You go Stog hurts and it's Stogs (laughs) and it's your username on Twitter. That's a good point. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I keep saying Inter. Into Darkness. Terrible fucking title. Known as STI Darkness. Yeah. Mm STI-D. And Star Trek Beyond. STB. Yeah. And all in all, it's good. Yeah. There are two good films and also Into Darkness. That's very true. Yeah. Yep. Two, two Star Trek films and Into Darkness. And Into well. Darkness, mm. yeah. yeah. Abrams is very good at launching it back and making it cool again and then bringing the characters. And again, mm. a lot of the design. I know we got shit for the, um, the lens flare stuff. And the casting. A lot very, of really a right. very strong cast. The cast like, is so probably the good. best thing about this franchise. Oh, well, un- uh, yeah, agreed. undoubtedly agreed. Mm. And if, I can't think of a a better way to do this cast, even with like Carl Urban as Bones. What the mm. fuck are you talking about? Like, he's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy from wait, wait, wait. The, the, bad, the bad guy from Heroes is Spock. Are you sure? <laughs> and like, yeah, he's yeah. fucking brilliant. It's like. Mm. Everybody, he's so mm. fucking good. See, I remember when Heroes was on TV and it was announced Zachary Quinto with him. Mm. Went, oh, oh yeah, that's brilliant. yeah. yeah. Si- yeah. Silas in Heroes mm. is a yeah. great character. I love Silas. Exactly. Um, I remember distinctly that to get into 
a screening, an early screening, an advanced screening for Star Trek, I had to do a favour. This is back in the day when... Hand job around the back of the bins, Matthew. <laughs> we, know, we know your style. It's never around the back of the bins. It's always in an office. Oh. Um, no. Uh, no, it was like, oh, yeah, we want you to review this as well. And I was like, okay, fine. But if you go to this, we'll get you to another premiere. And I was like, no problem at all. Um, I had to go to the premiere of Hannah Montana, the movie. <laughs> Very similar films. Have I, have I told this before? No, I don't, oh, okay. I don't know this story. We have. Yeah, no, I have me on the on the purple and yellow carpet and all the, the press and the fans waiting mm-hmm. to pop it, lock it, and poke a dot. You're it. making it sound like you walked out on the purple and yellow carpet. <laughs> I was in the crash of the yeah, like, fucking... Yeah, mm, yeah. But, the, um, the plebs. Yeah. Um, and Hanging out with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, briefly. Um, but it was all very ridiculous. I sat to that movie. I didn't care for it. Didn't bother reviewing it in the end. I was, maybe I did write my review, but I didn't actually publish it. Um, but then it was like, if you do this, you get to the Star Trek one. I was like, great. Mm. I jumped Who through the hoops. Who put you up to that? Paramount? No, I was just going to actually... Johnny Knoxville. I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Welcome to Hannah Montana. Yeah, so... I was like halfway through Hannah Montana thinking, Jesus Christ, the Star Trek film better be good. Was it worth Hannah Montana the movie? Fuck yeah. It's great. Star Trek was an amazing experience as a film, as a thing going back. I think they hit the right notes. Speaking of which, the score is gorgeous. Mm. As a Goldsmith fan who's obviously reinvented the Star Trek theme perfectly, this is like, like oh, I don't know about that. And then, no, it comes back magnificently. I fucking adore Michael Giacchino's. Yeah, agreed. And ignoring the fact that they're building on Earth and that's an issue, but the reveal <laughs> of the Enterprise <laughs> with mm. the swelling of that theme. I know, mm. I know. Oh, so good. It's gorgeous shit. one of the few, like, a, that and Harry Potter from, like, the fo- last few years have not been good for, like, hummable themes, but I feel like... That's that's not incorrect. Yeah, I think that's mm. fair. I think there are a lot of films where it's like, give me some. Again, it's the nature of hold music and incidental shit, and the fact mm. that we've covered there aren't a lot of Marvel movies except for like, ding diddly ding 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 from Doctor Strange, which is Michael yeah. fucking Giacchino. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Giacchino has this thing where, like, everybody knows the bum 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 oh, from bum yeah, bum yeah. from, from Sylvester mm. Alan yeah. Sylvester mm. from. Uh, that's that's almost more a function of repetition than it is of it actually oh, exactly, being a yeah. good I theme. remember being disappointed and, out of the Avengers, and it was only because afterwards it was through, yeah, the association. Name another like, can you hum another part of that theme? Dum 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 dum. Like nothing. There's nothing interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like when you work like think, speaking of the the legends like Goldsmith and Williams and all these people that make these legendary incredible scores, if there's a main theme to it, there's it's an entire song. When you mm. hear Jewel of the Fates or the love theme from Star Wars or E.T. or whatever mm. it is, mm. there's multiple bits to it. Whereas the Avengers has the... Ma, 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 it's the most identifiable one. Then the rest of it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, dum. Oh, well, okay, that's it. It's interesting because I'm going to piss off a lot of people and kind of get a bit of a tangent here. Hans Zimmer's Batman score is great. Yeah, that long, mm. like uh, bung, uh, that kind of like you know that that's great. Bung, but bung, dun 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 from the most recent one, which is Michael Giacchino again. It's like, mm. yeah, that's I can hum that easier yeah. Yeah. than like the do, do the uh, the the Joker score from Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a note being played very like yeah, drawn out. Chill, yeah, yeah. And it's not bad for that reason, obviously, but you're right. So yes, 
yeah. Jake Ono doing this thing with Star Trek is identifiable in an already iconic and identifiable set of themes. Yeah. So it's it's already got a lot of like a like what do you and again this is a man who's done Star Wars, Star Trek, Batman, Spider Man. It's like mm. oh yeah, the you, Avengers. You get a bigger stuff eventually. Yeah, mm. exactly. Nicking the Avengers the stuff from Sylvester. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the fact that I don't know we touched on this in the commentary, but I I still can't believe it's real. And I have to say it out loud every single time. The fact that I'm annoyed that the original Star Trek thing kicked in at the end uh. and not the modern Star Trek theme. I'm like, go away. I'm, let me listen to the other one. I want to listen to the other one again. I want I want that rising, swelling, epic orchestral score. But this is all very 60s. This feels very out of place. I think if... not This is not obviously a criticism of Giacchino's score because it's great and I love it. I think that moment would work better if there was more of the 60s stuff in, in Giacchino's score. Yeah, score. Yeah. Or which the other way around, because you, uh, you un-60s-ify the original yes, theme in some which, form. which is hard because it's a fucking theremin. <laughs> well, weirdly <laughs> enough, the whole... Doo, 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 it's not too different from slowing down to... Dun, 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 dun. He has a tendency mm. to take these things, shift a few notes... Mm. Slow it down or speed it up, and like that's close enough. Yeah, and they, they like the Batman, like dun 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 dun. It's a lot like something in the way by Nirvana, starting like dun mm. dun. It's it has a similar ish. Yeah, so you just speed it or slow it down to make mm. it like, oh yeah, that works. So yeah, it, it it sounds great. It looks great. It feels like Star Trek for some of the aspects, um, because it's always present in the first movie in Star Trek. That Abrams doesn't know or really care about Star Trek. He wants to do Star Wars. He wants Wars. to do Star Wars. He, and then he did. He likes a roller coaster ride. Yes. He likes a film that moves so fast that you don't really get a moment to kind of question the bits that he kind of jumps where where it leaves the tracks a little bit. <laughs> and then but it's fine, no, because we're on to the next thing now. And then you walk away from the cinema and you're like Hold on a minute. Yeah. And yeah. Trek I just thought do about that. that for a second. Even when it's a roller, even if you think like, what's the most, uh, the best momentum in a film? Mm. One could argue it's either. Well, no, Wrath of Khan's quite slow paced because mm. it's an 80s movie. I'd say it's probably Star Trek: uh, First Contact. Yeah, that's got the like. It's got separation and agency and urgency and, mm. and pacing and terror and this big opening thing. That's like got a big mm. spooling momentum to it. Mm. But it's still slow. It's still it's methodical. Still, it's, still it's still got hanging around with Zephyr and Cochrane. Yeah. And fighting about and talking about Picard, space ideals. Yeah. Picard being like no! tra- traumatized no! by all the Borg stuff. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. that great yeah. opening sequence where he's looking in the mirror oh. and the mm. Borg yeah, stuff yeah. starts yeah. happening. Yeah. It's because it's as much horror as and it is and action. It, and it's got the Borg Queen fucking yeah. around with Data. Y- quite yeah. Literally. yeah. <laughs> Blowing on your fucking skin. <laughs> yeah. No blowing on skin in this one. No. Nah. Um, but it does. It gets. It, it. It's. It's trying to do that thing that the Force Awakens did very, very, very well. It's trying to sell you on this thing you're familiar with and remind you that it's cool. Mm. And for those who think I'm not really bothered by a Star Trek movie, you will. For this one, it's cool. As terrible as Abrams is at continuing or ending stories. He's very good at starting them. Yes. He is. Yeah. Um, and 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 getting people interested and invested yeah. and and saying. This is why you should care about this thing yeah. and these people. This is why I love Super Eight. Sorry, sorry. Super Eight is the reason he loves like Spielberg movies. And like, yeah, yeah, I can feel that. That's again before everyone's like, oh, Stranger Things is amazing. It's like, yeah, I saw Super Eight. 
let's buzz it, buzz it. No, no, the upside down is different. I know it's not exactly comparable, but it's that same feeling of like that Amblin Entertainment, yeah, 80s, late 70s sort of vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's it's aliens rather than Stephen King shit. That's exactly it, yeah. 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 Go back and watch Super 8, by the way, if you haven't. Super 8's great. It's, it's yeah. probably Abrams' best, best film. Yeah. 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 It's standalone, which helps it a lot. Yeah. 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 You know. Um, I think I enjoy Star Trek more because I've got so into it. Because yeah, yeah, Star Trek's back, but yeah, in Super terms of an actual film, film, yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, so but, and then and then mm. four years later, Into Darkness comes along. Yay! And I feel like from the moment that they announced that was the title, everyone went, "Um, oh, yeah, what's going on here?" It was the Batman v Superman thing where they kind of fucked up. And then justified by saying, no, 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 we had an actual reason. No, you fucked up. Dawn of justice, everyone. We're going to do the justice League. Be Superman mm. like it's a law. Oh, suit. fuck like, off. No, it's, you messed it up because you were mm. rushing it through to get it through the, like, literally at the last minute. Mm. You left off the S, you Comic-Con, yeah. It was, a, it was a balls up, but you just, mm. rather than just saying, fair play, we'll fix it, you doubled down like idiots, mm. which was like DC all over this point. Um, but yes, Into Darkness came out and it was the whole like, oh, it's a Star Trek 2. So you're doing Wrath of Khan, and everyone's like, "We can't do Wrath of Khan because this is mm. a prequel. It's set in the past." Mm. Um, yeah, because Wrath of Khan is when Kirk is an admiral. Because yep, jaded like, old the man. original series was in the '60s. For those of you who don't know, I share a birthday with the original series. Oh, it's 24 years older than me to the day. Ooh. Nice. Uh, the the air date of episode one of the original series is September the 8th, 1966. Crazy. And then Wrath of Khan comes out. 20 years later, like 17, 16 years after the original introduction of Khan in the episode Space Seed in the 60s. So you have this whole journey of the first two seasons of the original series and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They've gone through so much weird shit. They've gone through a whole other film, a motion picture before this terrible fucking movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you have Kirk that's not just brand new 25-year-old hothead He's gone on and become an admiral, all this kind of stuff. He's an old man. He's jaded. He's yeah. frustrated. He's feeling like a bit of old. He's yeah, a lot. They're, they're all old men in all of the Star Trek movies, basically, yeah. Yeah. forever. And then you have this one. You're like, well, they're not going to do like a young... I don't make any sense. You can't just do Khan in one film mm. where like you just chuck him in and hope for the best. Yeah. Or, do, or are they going to do like... Spaceed, the original thing? Are That's they, the question. Or are they going to draw on something else from the original series? And then, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch got cast. Mm. Why would they cast Benedict Cumberbatch? Well, weird mm. choice. Well, Who's everyone, this John Harrison character? Yeah, everyone quietly mm. knew it. It was like, it's definitely going to be Khan. It's like, oh, Javier Bardem's in the talk, mm. the thing. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro's in talks. Benicio Del Toro yeah, was in talks as well, yeah. Because it's Khan. It's because like, oh, it's falling through. The original actor who played Khan... Ricardo Montalban is Mexican. Yes. Mm. So the thing like, oh, we'll bring in a actor of Latin descent. So mm. Benicio del Toro, Javier mm. Bardem, that mm. totally makes sense. Benedict Cumberbatch, like, well, they can't be doing Khan then because mm. he's an Indian character previously played mm. by a Latin actor. And Benedict Cumberbatch is the single whitest man in existence. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. What? Oh, he's playing John Harrison. Oh, that's fine. Who's, but who's he's, John but, Harrison? Yeah. John Harrison Star Trek. No results, huh? Well, they did find some sort of bullshit. Like, oh, well, there's one episode where, like, Gary Mitchell in the fucking, yeah. you know, original yeah. series, and they could be him or an advert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's all, it's spooled out of that. And uh, again, the film came out, and this is the key point here. When the film came out, 
I remember a lot of people, myself included, because I was a little disappointed by certain things, saying that might be the best Star Trek film. Now, the reason a lot of people said that was because it didn't do a lot of Star Trek things. There is you no... mean The Wrath of Khan, right? <laughs> yes. No, no. Um, it didn't do a lot of the tropes of like, we need to talk about the philosophy of the Federation. Mm. And it didn't do a lot of exploration. Mm. And it did a lot more, for lack of a better word, car chases yeah. and big explosions. And in fact, again, the frustration is that Star Trek 2009 has more space battles in my head yeah. than Into Darkness does. It probably doesn't in terms of actual numbers. Mm. It feels like it does, definitely. Anyway, and the reveal is disappointing for a lot of people. But for those... Because either, either you don't get the reference, because it doesn't make fucking sense, <laughs> um, or alternatively, you get it and it doesn't work for you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's either so transparent that you're like, why did they try and make this a twist? Yeah. yeah. Or you don't, you've never seen Wrath of Khan, you've never seen Space Seed, and so you go... And so when it makes it a big moment for him to go, my name is Khan, flapping his jaw around like Terence and Philip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, you know, th- then you're sitting blame, in the cinema. Blame Canada? Yeah. <laughs> um, Matthew dies. Uh, then you, you just go, oh, okay. Who's that then? That, yeah. ha- that happened in the cinema. I went to see it with my big mm. Trek nerd of a father. My dad is huge Trekkie, mostly next generation stuff, but knows original series. He even likes fucking Enterprise. It's, oh, it's an, it's an someone had to. Yeah. yeah, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, but he was like, would you, would you describe him as having faith of the heart? Oh fucking hell! I've <laughs> I've sung that song at him out of spite. Oh, I really liked Enterprise. Oh, really? Well, I've got faith. <laughs> faith of the heart. I, fuck off. I bet his reaction was like, yeah, good shit. Yes, yeah, great Christian rock. Fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, yeah, we were in the cinema, and they do the, my name is Khan reveal. And I went, obviously, yeah, right. And you're totally right. There's two reactions to that, and only two reactions. You either have already worked it out because you're aware of Star Trek as a concept, and Khan is fucking famous in the Trek world or you have no clue and it means nothing there's almost no middle ground there where people have heard of Star Trek but don't know what Khan is if you know Star Trek unless you come in like from the first film and then you look at it a little bit but not not enough to know that Khan is a thing and you ignored all of the marketing and stuff yeah I guess there's that slither of people in the middle there but we literally had a kid Two or three rows in front of us go, oh, out loud. Mm. And we were both like, oh, it's Khan. Of course it's fucking Khan. Of course they're doing Khan. Mm. It's Star Trek 2. And literally kids being like, who is Khan? I don't get this reference. It's because also you could have done the spacey botany based story about this enigmatic individual who's from the past. A, a cautionary tale from the early 2000, late 90s. Like, you know, whatever. Obviously updated for our contemporary times. And it's like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, fuck, the audience who know, know it's a trap and mm. they're in trouble. Oh, God, oh, God. Or alternatively, you um, do an entirely different thing with a character similar. But, but by saying, my name is Khan, because mm. you know it's about that delivery. You yeah. know it's about the, ah, shit. It's a reveal. And then that is revealing to such a and small they should go, and it, Huh? And that, what do you yeah. mean? It's, 
that's the thing. That moment posting is purely for the audience. That, that, because, yes, precisely. Because that name means nothing to Kirk in that moment. Yeah, the delivery is nothing. To, to yeah. anyone yeah. like in that, because they're all just like, well, we've like we've never heard of you. What does that? Yes, yeah. it's, it's not like they've dealt with him before, and it's him revealing like, oh, you know, I'm in disguise or whatever. Yeah. Let me t- imagine you are watching a movie, and all of a sudden, a man was. There's a glimpse of him on a big monitor. CCTV captures him. And someone across the room goes, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Mm. But you've never seen a Bourne <laughs> film. You know who that is. And he's not mm. part of this movie. And you're like, I... is that a thing? I, gu- I guess he's important. That person seems to be treating him as important. Yeah. But even that, they're not even in the room with someone who goes, oh my God, did he say calm? Like, yeah. it, there's, there's nothing for that moment, which means it's purely for the audience. And like we say, you've either worked it out already or you don't care because you don't know. In the same way that we as an audience are waiting for, uh, can I take a name, please, sir? Oh, uh, yes, of course, the name's Bond. James Bond. Bond. Mm. No, that means nothing ba, 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 in the universe. Ba, ba. It's for us. It's yeah. the tropes for us to go, oh, God, bloody money, Penny. I've got to find a new car now. That, that, all that bullshit thing we're looking for is a tick box exercise. And if you've got a big spoiling franchise, sometimes that's part of the charm of it. This one feels just like bad writing. Yeah, yep. because it is bad rising. Agreed. Should we get into the synopses? Please, Please do. Do. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, they're back. They're back, baby, with a vengeance. So back into darkness. Star Trek, nineteen sixty-three. I'm going to summarize the entire series. <laughs> oh no. Jesus Christ! It's <laughs> Tim Matum. <laughs> uh, no, Star Trek two thousand and nine. Thank God. Uh, in twenty-two thirty-three, the Federation starship USS Kelvin investigates a lightning storm in space. Discovering a gigantic Romulan ship, the Narada. Thor, lightning. Yeah. 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 Uh, after the Kelvin's weapons and warp drive are disabled, George Kirk, the ship's first officer, pilots the Kelvin into the Narada, allowing the rest of the crew to escape, including his wife Winona, who gives birth to their son, James. <laughs> Tiberius? Can't call him that. That's a stupid name. <laughs> call him Jim. Some after your dad. Yeah. Got my surname right. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Seventeen years later, a young Spock studies to join the Vulcan Science Academy, but rejects their offer when he realises they view his human mother Amanda as inferior, and instead joins Starfleet. Good old space racists. So the mm-hmm. other mum is called Winona, but mm-hmm. this mother is played by Winona. Mm. That's weird. Why did I you say if, that name? I wonder if that's... <laughs> oh my god! They can have a Winona moment instead of a Martha moment. <laughs> I, did, I, did one, I did wonder if, like... Because I feel like we knew that Kirk's mum's canon name, yeah, pre Winona Ryder, yeah. Because like I feel like we knew that Spock's mum was called Amanda. We know Kirk's got a brother called something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I know it's Shatner with a moustache, but that's not. A <laughs> and Spock's got a brother and an adopted sister. Uh, I know you don't have a brother because I know you. I know he's he is my brother. Like what? <laughs> I'm Sarek. Oh, Dad, Cyborg, Cyborg. God damn it. Uh. So yes, Spock joined Starfleet. On Earth, the talented but reckless James T. Kirk uh, meets Nyota Uhura and Captain Pike, uh, who encourages him to enlist in Starfleet and live up to his father's legacy. Pike gives him a lot of encouragement in these films. Yes. It would make kind sense of unearned, I feel. If, if he was, like, friends with George. Yeah, he says he studied, like, the incident and wrote his dissertation on it, but you yeah. would... That feels... 
it, it should maybe like be like, oh, we were buddies in the academy because they're the same yeah. age. Where Kirk would be like a father. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. Pike is his father figure at the yes. end of the day. It makes me just like I was good friends with your father. Yeah, and you're, and you're we, let down. And we establish that very young Kirk, who we've kind of jumped over that scene because it's just got the Beastie Boys in it and, and a weird cyborg <laughs> cop. But you know, yeah. cyborg um, cop is weird. Uh, yeah. Did that Kirk has a shitty stepfather? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. So obviously he's on on the lookout for a father figure. Um. <laughs> three years later. Spock and Kirk meet when the Vulcan commander accuses Kirk of cheating during the Kobayashi Maru simulation that he has designed. Mm-hmm. Kirk's disciplinary hearing is interrupted when a distress signal from Vulcan arrives, and with the primary fleet out of range, the cadets mobilize. Kirk and his friend McCoy join Spock and Uhura aboard Pike's ship, the Enterprise. Do, 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 do. Which is, which is the, the, the new flagship of Starfleet. Yes. Yeah. So USS Enterprise. Full of cadets for some reason. Yep. <laughs> As they travel to Vulcan, Kirk discovers that the distress signal mentioned a lightning storm in space. We've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And warns Pike that they are heading into a trap. The Enterprise arrives to find the rest of the fleet destroyed and the Narada drilling into Vulcan's core. Recognising the Enterprise, the Romulan captain Nero spares the ship but orders Pike to surrender himself. Weird performance by Eric Banner. I feel like I say that about every performance by Eric Banner. Hmm. He's a bit much all the time, I he's find. He's quite intense. He's very intense. Yeah, when it's, yeah. When it's put to he's, good use, he can be very, very good. It's very rare that you see like him just being just relaxed. Yeah. Just a yeah. performance. Yeah. Um, he's, weirdly enough, he's kind of subdued in Black Hawk Down. Yeah. But only because he's mm. maybe like this cool, calm ranger or whatever the fuck he is. Is he in Funny People? Like he might be. I don't remember. I feel like he plays like I think Adam Sandler I think his like ex wife is played by Leslie Mann and I think mm. the Eric Pan is like the new guy and gets to actually be Australian in it. Mm, sounds about right. And I feel like that's the most relaxed I've ever seen him because he's in a comedy just being and I still think he gets into a fight in that film. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's an Australian where he's playing a shark in fucking Find Nemo. He's not relaxed in that. No. <laughs> anyway, so Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. It, it's Eric Banner. It's a good performance. Yeah, there's not a lot works. to him. He's just very angry. Well, very, angry. very tattooed. A lot of it was cut. Yeah, he's like escaped from a. Klingon yeah, they prison have a whole thing with yeah Klingon yeah. prison and stuff like that that doesn't anyway, actually matter. I understand why it was cut. Mm. Um, Pike promotes Scott, uh, Spock to captain and Kirk to first officer for some reason. For some uh, reason, because he, he likes that him. a lot. Yeah. Uh, and as he travels to the Narada, Kirk and helmsman Hikaru Sulu plus a red shirt who dies. Uh, perform a space jump onto the drilling platform. Cool scene. Sulu's a badass with the sword. Very good. Yep. yep. Don Cho's great. Kirk and Sulu disable the drill and return to the Enterprise, but Nero manages to launch red matter into Vulcan's core, creating an artificial black hole. Spock beams down to the planet to rescue his family and the Vulcan High Council, but his mother Amanda dies and Vulcan is consumed by the singularity. Big divergence from the original timeline at this Very point. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, it looks good, though. As we will get into. Yeah. Uh, Kirk attempts to mutiny to pursue the Narada, so Spock maroons him on Delta Vega, a neighbouring planet. There, he meets an older Spock. What a coincidence. Mm. That is... Weird. That's a big old dis- yeah. destiny timeline a, altering This stuff. bit has a couple of real... Oh, wait. How are we going to get them... Oh, we'll just do it and move so quickly that mm-hmm. no one will ask the question. He finds Spock it. in a cave. 
the the only on, cave on a on a on, a, on an Earth sized planet. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. it's still less egregious than. I found a knife, and if I pull out this thing, it'll tell me exactly where in the Death Star yeah. yes. find a triangle. Fuck off. From this specific location yeah. that's only workable now that it's crashed. Yeah, it? no. Mm-hmm. Fucking Abrams. Uh, yeah, so there he meets an older Spock who explains he and Nero are both from 2387 when Romulus was destroyed by a supernova. Mm. Spock attempted to use the red matter to prevent the disaster, but failed, and both he and the Narada were caught in the black hole and sent back in time, with Nero arriving 25 years earlier. It's been a second for me, but 25 years for the Narada. Yep. Melanie Nemo's great. Yep. Yeah. Um, Nero ambushed the older Spock when he arrived, and stranded him on Delta Vega to witness Vulcan's destruction. Mm. Spock and Kirk travel to a Starfleet outpost, where they meet Montgomery Scott. What a coincidence. Who's also <laughs> within walking distance on this yep. Earth-sized planet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, providing him with an equation that enables Kirk and Scotty to beam aboard the Enterprise while it's travelling at warp speed. Not at all breaking the universe. Mm. But, again, I would say at this point, I'm like, yeah, if we've blown up Vulcan, I'll go with it. There yeah. are things I will not go with, but this I'm like, We'll, sure. we'll get into it, those it, later on. It could have done with a line where it's like, oh, we're here at this geothermal power plant and this is like you take the, a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of energy to do this. We couldn't be, possibly do it on a starship. It's going to be one shot, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. We're going to almost Mary, this planet to one do in it. a million. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck that giant squidly diddly monster yeah. that just chased me through a cave. Yeah, arbitrarily scared of fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God. Anyway, uh, following advice from the elder Spock, Kirk provokes baby Spock into attacking him, whereupon baby Spock. He, Little baby, um, just a little boy. Just a little boy. He's just a little boy with very pointy sideburns. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, whereupon he realizes he is emotionally compromised uh, by the trauma of losing both Vulcan and his mother, and relinquishes command to Kirk. How convenient! Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Enterprise pursues the Narada to Earth, which Nero is planning to destroy. Kirk and Spock beam aboard the Narada to rescue Pike and liberate the Elder Spock's ship, which holds the red matter. Spock destroys the drill and leads the Narada away from Earth, and the Enterprise beams Spock, Kirk, and Pike home as the red matter ship crashes into the Narada, causing it to be destroyed in a massive singularity. We get a couple of really fun bits where mm-hmm. like, the Enterprise arrives out of warp and saves the red matter ship from yeah, being blown cool. up and... Yeah. Good Michael Giacchino music plays. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Pike is promoted to uh, Rear Admiral and gives Kirk command of the Enterprise. Uh, Following a conversation with his older self, Spock remains with Starfleet and becomes Kirk's first officer, and the ship heads off into deep space for another adventure. Yay! No, get out of here, you. Get out of here, you fucking punk. (laughs) So... J.J. Abrams goes off, makes uh, Super 8, great film, and then comes back, and it's 2013, and it's time for Star Trek Into Darkness. And again, the public were looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah. And afterwards, a lot of them thought it was good. Yeah. I think it's fine. They're wrong. It's bad. 18 months after the events of the first film, Kirk and the Enterprise crew attempt to save a pre-warp civilization on the planet Nibiru from a volcanic eruption. But their terrible, just terrible, god-awful plan yep. leads to them breaking the Prime Directive. 
if you listen to our commentary, it we will. I I think I feel like this annoyed me more than anything else in the film. Yeah. Just how god awful stupid the plan at the beginning of this is. I was listening to the kind of funny podcast review this film, and they talk about how much fun this opening sequence is, and I'm like. You guys have never seen an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> I, I get that there is very Star Trekky elements to it, but this is just Indiana Jones in space. Yes, there it, is no like Star Trekiness to it, really. No, and none of it makes sense. Like you said, Tim, the plan makes no fucking sense. Yeah, why you would hide a starship underwater? where it can be found and seen by the people on the planet yeah, and mm. is also in danger of the fucking volcano yeah. rather than leaving it in orbit and sending down a tiny little shuttlecraft. Yeah. yeah, or beaming down, which you have the capability to do. Which yeah. they do both of those things. Yeah. They have a shuttlecraft mm. and a beaming like two minutes later. Yeah. The fuck? Beam down, go up the volcano, hit the cold fair, fusion even- bomb. Beam the thing directly into the Just volcano. Just beam the thing into the volcano and hope for the best. What, okay, so timeline-wise, Kirk is doing the Kobayashi Maru. Mm. Hasn't graduated. Everyone goes to space. Oh, shit. Everything's been destroyed. Vulcan's mm. gone. You're now the captain. <laughs> it's like taking what would have been a high school dropout and saying, <laughs> do you want to be in charge of this fucking, <laughs> you know, A weapon carrier. of mass destruction. But Spock is perfectly... Oh, he's an officer. He's his, fine. As as much as he resists certain parts of that pl- the plan in this, he's still complicit with it. He still comes up with other parts that are equally stupid and doesn't and is and yeah. like nobody else. There, there's meant to be. We know Kirk is kind of reckless and a bit, you know, sort of fly by the seat of his pants. He's yeah. a hothead. There's other competent people on the on that ship, Scott's and none of dumb. them were like, maybe we shouldn't park the spaceship underwater. Not ignoring the physics of different pressures outside of a spaceship and yeah. that whole issue. We we do have the whole like Scott saying, This is a stupid plan, we got a sailing the, the salt in my ship and rusting. Yeah. He says, Scott, shut up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where, where's where's Spock? He's in the volcano, it's really yeah. urgent. So you know what? That's that's supposed to be the motion. Quick, mm. cut to the volcano. Yeah. Where Spock should definitely die. Yeah. 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 It's having characters point out that the plan is stupid does not Excuse you from yeah. writing a stupid plan. They've really got for... into the habit of doing that recently, and I don't like it. Yeah, I get that he just wants to do cool stuff and have the the Enterprise come up out of water and it's have a, a volcano shot. go off Looks and stuff great. like that. Looks cool. But you're writing this movie. You can, if you want to have that situation, then come up with it so that it makes sense. Agreed. Anyway, yes. Like I say, that bit really annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> Gets off to a bad start. It does. Um. So, their terrible plan leads to them breaking the Prime Directive. As a result, Kirk is demoted to First Officer, with Admiral Pike taking command. None of that actually matters in this nope, film. No, nope. it that doesn't. Makes... He's captain again in five, five minutes. Yeah. He's literally demoted, and then the next scene happens, right? He just goes straight he goes, to... He then goes to a meeting that's like senior captains only. Mm-hmm along with Pike and, with and Spock. Spock is also Spock, there. Spock has been reassigned to another ship and then is immediately then, as we'll get to, uh, put back on the Enterprise. Yeah, this At film me- does this, get used to this. They choose the thing that fundamentally shifts mm. the dynamic and then restore the status quo. You could literally a scene later. You could get rid of this entire opening sequence, Yep, this cold open stuff, and it would only improve this film. Agreed. Imagine if the cold open is the scene you're about to describe. Mm. No context. Yep. Yeah. None of the none of the London shit. Just bang. Strange yeah. like, Oh God, we're under attack. Yeah. 
Spoilers, what Tim's about to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, meanwhile, a Starfleet officer bombs a facility belonging to Starfleet's covert branch 31. That's the cold open. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, guy waking yeah. up in bed, seeing a mysterious dude putting the ring in the water or whatever the fuck and bombing the thing and being yeah. like, London blows up. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I'd, mm. go, I'd go further. I mean, sure. I'd say the, it should be the... the, the it should be cap- the, the, the actual meeting of the... the admiral meeting. Admirals yeah. and Oh, stuff interesting. Like that. That's okay. why I think there's a cold yeah. open. Yeah, fair. Yeah. fair. That works do do carry on, though. Yeah. Pike, Kirk, and Spock attend a meeting where they're informed the officer was blackmailed into the bombing by John Harrison, a rogue Starfleet officer. So, yeah, this is where Matt would start. Yeah. Um, Harrison then attacks the meeting, killing Pike and other senior officers before using a transwarp device to escape to Kronos, the Klingon homeworld. Um, like, so we don't need starships. Then. Yeah, like you can hundreds beam of across, light years away across the galaxy with through... a device that you're carrying. He doesn't even need a. Sh- it's not even on the. Sh- he's carrying it with him. Granted, he's super strong, as yes. we learn later on. But like, come on, Scotty then runs along with it, going like, "Oh, I found this fucking transwarp yeah. thing, Captain. He must have beamed to Kronos." He's like, are you not freaking out about this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we are redundant. Our entire military is redundant well, now. Yeah. There is a. The Klingons is... can just beam into London and <laughs> eat us all right now. There is a, a huge escalation from aliens can arrive by planet. We need to have interplanetary defenses and our own ships and exploration and yada, yada, yada to they can beam into our house. Yeah. Anyone can be anywhere at any time unless you have shields up and we can't shield an entire planet. Yeah. We'll give it a fucking go. <laughs> yeah. It's it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> and it makes me very angry. Yep. Yeah. And also... Welcome to this film. Never comes up again. No. <laughs> <laughs> it could doesn't. Have found, could have found another way for him to escape, I'm sure. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Admiral Marcus reinstates Kirk and Spock to the Enterprise. The whole first scene didn't matter. Uh, It's restored. Yep. And orders them to kill Harrison using new long-range stealth torpedoes that Section 31 was developing. Now, not very Trek, but quite crazy Admiral. Sure. So that is Trek. As well as amazing. Scotty objects to allowing the untested torpedoes aboard as he cannot scan them or take them apart or he's not, they're all classified. He's not allowed to look inside them. Doing his fucking job. Yeah. And when Kirk overrules him, he resigns. Kirk is a dick. He's a major dick. dick. uh, For very, uh, obviously Pike has just died and he's upset about that. But he he just, even before that, he's just just being a dick to everyone. Engineering officer just on the spot. Yeah. Because he's a hothead. Like, he's his only defining character feature in this fucking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arriving near Kronos, the Enterprise's warp drive malfunctions. Kirk, Spock, and Uhuru travel down to the planet to capture Harrison. Um, they encounter uh, a Klingon patrol, but Harrison kills them and surrenders to Kirk upon learning the exact number of torpedoes the Enterprise is carrying. No, I hate that. Again. Again. Fucking hell. This, yeah. The whole torpedoes thing, I think, is stupid. This fight is also silly. Yes. Harrison's, Harrison's choreography is shit. Klingons look all right. I like, I like some of the designs. I like some of the explody bits and yep. stuff. But this is just a Gears mm. of War fucking level. Yeah. And him running about. And his non-acting of being punched just irritates the fuck out of me. We see a hint of what Kronos is. Like, oh, the Klingon homeworld. Amazing. Mm. It's like, what is it? Kind of a storm. 
right like, and a car like, park yeah cybertron yeah. a bit it's yeah just a yeah bunch of- Tim was talking about the designs of the of being very Michael Bay and things like that. It's all been very Transformers-y. And kind of looks like the Matrix when they're not in the Matrix. <laughs> a little bit. It's all just very generic, sci-fi bollocks. Generic. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, no, there's none of the visual imagination that marked out, like, original series. They don't even, like, as we mentioned in the, uh, the commentary, they don't even make the Warbirds green. Yeah. Like, these iconic green ships, they turn into... Dull, everything gun needs metal. to be gunmetal grey. Again, yeah. you could you could do the whole like, well, in the original series series, the ships are all grey, and you're like, yeah, but yeah, they, <laughs> they're, they're noticeably grey rather than just yeah, not just gray. metal. Yeah. Yes, precisely, precisely. Um, so yeah, so Harrison Harrison surrenders. Uh, Harrison's urging McCoy and Carol Marcus, the Ooh. daughter of the Admiral who has falsified her transport, uh, transfer aboard the Enterprise, open up one of the torpedoes, discovering a cryogenically frozen person inside. Hey. Harrison reveals he is actually Hanunian Singh. Shit. A genetically engineered superhuman from Earth's history. From the like the nineties, yeah, a very <laughs> the nineteen nineties. A very he loves Pepsi Max, yeah, and skateboarding. Yeah, I love Crystal Pepsi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see a new Star Crystal Wars movie. Pepsi. <laughs> Phantom Menace is my check jam. out my check out my advanced technology. This Sony Discman. Yeah, I've got a Geo Cities page for you to look at. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a it's got a view counter. How many people logged into my site? <sighs> I remember those. Christ, we're old. <laughs> um, he was awoken by Admiral Marcus and Section 31 and forced to develop advanced weapons like, you know, Geocity sites and stuff like Again, that. Again, that's a really glazed over thing. Like, it really he is. finds him, yeah. wakes him up, says, make some weapons for me. Except they were like, what, ancient? Wait, like, you know, they, they, they can start the quote. Start, means, like, you need my twisted war mind. Like, yeah. It reminds me like he, he straps some rail guns to a very big enterprise looking ship. Spoiler alert for like mm. forty five yeah. minutes from now. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you had like literally a Nazi from the forties and like Britain through time, like oh my god, we got this hideous, awful war crime mm. peddling bastard. What can you do in this modern world that's amazing? We can utilize it. What about we shoot a rocket at them? <laughs> it's like that's not an. That, give us something crazy, you crazy <laughs> Nazis. Uh, what about very big a gun? Very big tank. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what he comes up with yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, there's an episode of my brother, my brother and me, the podcast where they so they have a Yahoo answers question yeah. where someone's it was early during the pandemic, and someone was like, if there was a a a magical like spell thing that you could do and it would summon all of America's like founding fathers and greatest heroes and stuff like sure. that. Is now the right time to do it to like fix our country? And it's like, oh, you could have, you know, all these great scientists. You could have Benjamin Franklin like working on the coronavirus cure, and you could have, you know, right. the people who built the railroads to come fix our crumbling infrastructure and stuff like that. And as they point out, it's like, yeah, but you've got to catch those people up with like, yeah, two hundred years, years of progress That's entirely since it, then. Yeah. Like, has they'd be useless? Yeah, it's Austin Powers. Yes, yeah. and that yeah. was 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> He's been forced to develop advanced weapons, uh, and the rest of his crew has been kept in cryosleep as hostages inside the torpedoes. Mm-hmm. For some reason. Yeah. Why he puts them in torpedoes? 
Why? Uh, nope. A threat. Yeah. I why guess. they? So, why? Why? Just, just keep them in a just keep them in a giant freezer somewhere and offer to shoot why them. Why Marcus then gives the torpedoes to, to the go. Enterprise makes no sense. Nope. Like, because if he's if it's just oh I'm trying to erase my tracks like you could do that on Earth by getting keep, rid of keep them there. in a big old freezer like yeah. they do at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Anyway, Marcus also sabotaged the Enterprise's warp drive, hoping that the ship would be destroyed to trigger a war between the Klingons and the Federation. You're going to find your warp drive isn't working. <laughs> Why isn't the ship moving, Captain? Uh, Is it that I have put the handbrake on? I have farted in this box. <laughs> <laughs> the windows Please are crank up. <laughs> Please light a candle for me. Did you do the little thing where you put a hole in the glass? <laughs> I need to Puts pee. Face up <laughs> Fresh air. This is a 200 year old fart. <laughs> do you even understand what the 90s were like? It tastes of Mountain Dew and Taco Bell. Crystal Pepsi farts. None of your replicator oh, works. Farts. <laughs> Anyway, fucking <laughs> hell. We had subtitles, but like a little extra title yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would put my vote for Crystal Pepsi farts are the worst farts <laughs> as, as our episode title. Nice, but we, we alas, com- we complain about Star Trek Into Darkness. It should clearly have been Star Trek Crystal Crystal Pepsi farts. Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, Jack's the- testing it. So maybe we'll get that later. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, Marcus was hoping to engineer a war between the the, the Klingons and the Federation. Yes, because he wants a war because he's just Cause an he's, admiral and he's, he's crazy. He's Robocop. The plot of Star Trek Six. Yeah, we won a war. Khan provides Kirk with coordinates, which he sends to Scotty, who investigates and finds a large Section Thirty One facility that kind of looks like a ball cube meets a transformer it really yes. does yes it's a box in space and then he opens up a door and goes oh my god and then it cuts away holy shit cut away yeah, yeah. Oh, great the enterprise is intercepted by the uss vengeance marcus's huge warship unnecessarily big it is like noisy 50 times bigger than the enterprise <laughs> for some reason but built built for minimal crew 10 like, people on board how <laughs> how is that possible why Go is button, this, why button. it's so big? Maybe that's like all, all the all the red shirts and people who are running around on the Enterprise. Like if we're in this post scarcity utopia that is Star Trek, it's mm. like they they're all like make work jobs kind of thing. It's yeah. like your job. Yeah, we don't actually need you to run this starship. So your job here is to I don't know. Um, we're gonna it, here's a jigsaw puzzle. Just keep yourself busy, and then if anyone comes <laughs> along. Here's a panel of buttons that don't actually do anything. We just need you to like press them so that yeah. the captain feels secure about his job. Yeah, the ship is run by Alexa. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus demands Kirk hand over Khan, and when the Enterprise attempts to flee, the Vengeance disables the ship mid-warp, leaving the two in orbit above Earth. Why above Earth, for fuck's sake? So here's the thing I wanted to bring up very, very brief. No, no, no. Actually, you know what? Let's get through the synopsis, then okay. I'll come in. I want, I'm just... Right, winding up my punch at the minute. Yeah, yeah, but it's worth, as Jack mentioned, it's worth remembering that in the next bit that all of this is happening just above Earth, the Moon. It's yeah, yeah. near the Moon, near which means moon. you can see it from Earth. Yep. Yes, on a planet which presumably has is the center of an interplanetary <laughs> federation has and military other, has other spaceships and things 
that and, could come and up and go defenses hey, and shit. Hey, hey what, what are you guys doing? You Imagine specifically have big guns that shoot big things out of the sky. You know, big things are going to hmm. scramble your fucking <laughs> fighters. Like, what are you doing? Now, admittedly, Star Trek 2009 kind of has this same problem because it oh, yeah, does they have, go to Earth. It has Narada, well. the Narada show up and start drilling the Earth, and yeah. nothing, and the Enterprise is the only thing that can stop it. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't hang around there as long, and it also has a whole bit where Nero tortures Pike to get like Earth defense codes or something. Yep. So you could yep. be like, oh, okay, well, that's how he's managed to get there. That and... makes sense there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's like if you're at the UN building in, in New York and you look out the window at the Hudson or whatever lake it happens to be, the river, and you see two boats firing at each other, you're like, <laughs> huh, we should do something about that. Yeah. <laughs> Carol reveals her presence to her father to stop the attack, uh, but he forcibly transports her over to the Vengeance. That's she, creepy. She, she screams She screams she like she's never been through a transporter before. This is everyday technology. Yeah. It's to be like, fair, she shuttles down, she boards the ship, she may never have actually transported before. Maybe she's got a it. phobia of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But then, you know, don't join Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marcus uh, orders the Enterprise's destruction, but his ship is sabotaged by Scotty, who has snuck aboard. Kirk and Khan perform a space jump to the Vengeance, while Spock contacts his older self, who warns him not to trust Khan. He was our greatest adversary. Or something, I guess. The greatest threat that ever known. Even yeah. though there were people who committed actual genocide and people <laughs> who killed... He killed me specifically, so he's a real yeah. bad dude. To me, he's Don't let worst. him kill you too, because <laughs> he killed me and it was not great. Although I was fine eventually, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. To, he's not too much of a big deal, yeah. but he's quite famous, so I guess... Deal with that. Carl Noonien sings pretty bad. Do you have a Genesis device? <laughs> no. What? You what? You're probably, you're probably fine then. Shoot him <laughs> in the face then. <laughs> also, if you ever go camping with Bones, don't let him borrow your boots. <laughs> <laughs> His beans are bullshit. <laughs> Tell him I said that. Uh, aboard the Vengeance, Khan kills Marcus. Does a, Pops does his a, fucking head. Does a head crush. Yep. With an excellent scream by Alice Eve. The yeah. second L Although, excellent scream in like two seconds. Yeah, cut weirdly short. I feel Re like it's really weirdly it, short. It's like yeah. a big it feels like it's gonna be a bigger moment than it is. Um Centering in it. Yeah. 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 So he kills kills Marcus, takes control over the ship, ordering the Enterprise to transport over his crew in return for Kirk, Scotty, and Carol. Spock sends over the torpedoes, but McCoy has secretly removed the frozen crew from inside, and when Khan attacks the Enterprise anyway, Spock detonates the torpedoes and cripples the vengeance. Never really answer the question of like, well hang on, if they've just been used to hide the crew, why are the tor torpedoes actually explosive as well? Because Marcus is a psychopath, is actually a fairly reasonable <laughs> answer. That's fair. You just answer like, he's a mad dude. He's, he's just a mad, yeah. mad dude yeah. who wants a war. Yeah, yeah everything price. explodes and has humans in it, I yeah. guess. Yeah, evidence gone. He's got a bye gun bye. in his leg and he'll use it to shoot your dick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you spoke to him. Now I have to shoot you in the dick. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. We don't have money anymore. Okay. I'll replicate that for a dollar. <laughs> you what? <laughs> uh, with both ships disabled and caught in Earth's gravity, they begin to fall from orbit. Kirk enters the Enterprise's radioactive reactor chamber sacrificing himself to realign the warp core by, by kicking, kicking it, it. <laughs> badly. Kicking it downwards to make it go forwards. Yeah. Makes yeah. no sense. 
Uh, and prevent the ship from crashing, which is a nice moment. Goes through the clouds, then comes back up. Oh, one of the best moments. Gorgeous. Na 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 na. Very good. Again, Giacchino yeah, doing all the hard so, work, doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Khan crashes the vengeance into downtown San Francisco in an effort to destroy Starfleet's headquarters. It would like level an entire city. Yes, meteors just destroy <laughs> cities and shit. This is a fucking yeah. apocalyptic. Yeah, end of end of and a it, North America uh, type event. It, it, They're just like five blocks down the road. They're like, huh? It's the plot of yeah. Age of Ultron. We're gonna yeah. drop a city. It is yeah. Yeah. that big. It's the biggest starship in the history of the world. It's a city, <laughs> and it's going at speed. Yeah, it's like on fire, <laughs> crashing down. Yeah. Like, Thankfully, nah. the, the bay slows it down. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, San Francisco. Yes, and then yeah, you travel five blocks, and it's back to like clean. It's Everything's yeah. fine. A lot of people in hats. Fucking hats. Uh, Spock transports down, seeking to avenge Kirk. Meanwhile, McCoy discovers that Khan's blood has regenerative properties. It's radioactive super blood. <laughs> we, we should point out, we point this out in the commentary, that um, the ship is like upside down, left, right, and center. People have been blown out of the hulls. Everything, lots mm. of dead. It's like, what are you doing with that triple? I'm just experimenting. Why? <laughs> People are fucking in trouble. And then he's on the bridge and for a little while. It, and he did it a while ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I'm on the bridge now, just hanging around where I'm needed. And then yeah. he's back and they're saying, tribbles, goddamn super blood. Does, it does lend credence to the theory that like none of them actually have jobs to do. They're just dicking no, around. Fucking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Uhuru beams down to prevent Spock from killing Khan so they could use his, the rest of his blood to they heal. Can't, they can't. can't beam Spock up no. because it's moving too quickly. But they can beam Uhura right next to Spock on the same moving thing. Which is very yep. risky. Yeah, sure that's more dangerous. But this is the same universe that implies, oh no, he put his hand... Uh, this is early in the scene where the, <laughs> they're trying to defuse the bomb. Oh, oh yes, defuse a torpedo and open it up. And um, oh, yeah. Bones got his hand in it and a little sort of door sort of latch shuts on him. And it's like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Beam out. No, we can't identify the difference between him and a torpedo. Like, what are you talking about? Yes, you yeah. can. Otherwise, you what? couldn't beam anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can differentiate between him and his clothes. What are you talking about? I, can, I, can, I take both of them at the same time because he's you wearing You choose them. how many people to beam up. Yeah. You don't just... It's, it's not, yeah. it's not a part of him now. Yeah. yeah. He would just <laughs> land on the transporter like, with like, a sore arm. Yeah. yeah. We did say that because it's got a, you know, maybe like a photon radiation-y kind of thing, it could be confusing. The senses. Mm. But the film doesn't say this. Nope. I mean, this, this is the thing, is that Star Trek... It's especially so loose, you can especially it, yeah. when you get to like Voyager and and stuff like that, and really anything from Next Generation onwards, warp ten lizards. It's yeah, they throw a lot of techno babble at you, which yes. is kind of ridiculous. But also, they at least take the time to come up with something that sounds semi plausible to go. Here's why we can't do this thing because of uh, the the photon field. This deflected dish this is, is actually inverted array. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It doesn't have to make sense, but at least they acknowledge the logic gaps. Whereas it, this just goes, yeah. no, we can't beam them up. Why? Doesn't matter. Move on. Do a thing. Oh no, it's yeah. fine. It it's makes fine. sense in universe, and it's in the same way that if I was explaining why my phone wasn't working, like yeah, it's just it's just the batteries. I need to restart it. Blah blah blah. I think it's just maybe the Wi-Fi is down or something like that. Mm. If I say that to an individual time traveling from 1910. Mm. Those words are like literally Star Trek technobabble nonsense. Yeah. But it makes sense to me. 
And I've explained it to the other characters who go, yes, yes, I agree. Yes. And therefore it's fine. Yes. Oh, they don't do that. They're like, Tim, Tim, my phone isn't charging. Oh, God, Matt, have you tried sticking it in your fucking mouth? It's yeah. like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah nonsense. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, Spock beats up Khan. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uhura stuns him several times. It's fine. He's defeated. It's fine. Kirk is revived, and Khan is sent back into cryosleep with his crew, just kind of put in a storage unit somewhere. They didn't kill him. I will. I found that interesting because they're not going to do a Wrath of Khan. No. But I mean, this I mean is, they could do. This with... is 2013 when you know Zod got his neck broke. So yeah, we're about to get Star Trek Four. They definitely could. Uh, I feel like they're too expensive these days. But they could. Yeah. Nah. Come back. Nah. Send Who knows? Maybe maybe stuff. he's got lots of gambling debts. Maybe he's going to be the new Nick Cage and do night. Jesus. <gasps> yeah. He's not crazy enough to be Nick Cage, but I get it. Yeah. Nobody is. That's true. Um, a year later, Kirk and the crew ready the restored Enterprise for a five-year-long exploratory mission, the longest in Starfleet's history at that point. The same ending the... to the second film as is the first film. Yeah. He's shot for shot, almost <laughs> line for line. Mm. I hate it so much. <laughs> there is basically no progress in this entire fucking movie. Nobody basically learns anything. Nobody yeah, grows a as a arts. character. Kirk fucks up and gets away with a load of shit. Oh, just like the first movie. And then, oh, we're off to yeah. explore deep space for the first time. You Didn't you literally do that? Well, and it's it's been 80 months since the first film in universe, despite it being four years in real life. Yeah. So it's, what have you been doing for 80 months, if not boldly going when no one has gone before? Just bumming around on Earth, I guess. <laughs> well, that's why... Not being the flagship of the fucking Federation. <laughs> yeah. That's why Star Trek Beyond gets it so right. That opening montage of like it's been a thing and every day kind of feels the same. Mm. And he always sees his dress uniform, and by the end of it, there's this strange, different feeling about what could be next, and all this stuff is really yeah. cool. And it feels like people have grown in this one. Um, the Kobayashi Maru, integral to the Star Trek canon, as it were, in latter years because of the films. Uh, the idea that the no winnable scenario and that mm. Kirk doesn't believe in the no win scenario, but he doesn't believe in it not through defiance. He has a plan most of the time. The whole thing of like, I don't believe in the no win scenario. He said, You cheated. It's like, No, 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 I didn't. And then Ratha Khan, he bites into an apple. Then he gets a message from him, a communication. It's mm. like, It's the Enterprise. I thought you told me that it was like broken and you wouldn't be like, No, 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 I just exaggerated a bit. Like, mm. You lied. I, 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 no, no. But yeah. there is a moment in Into Darkness where. Marcus says, right, I'm going to blow up your entire crew now. I'm not, I'm not going to spare your crew. Everyone's going to mm. get screwed. You're fucked. Mm. I'm going to blow you up now. Goodbye. Bloop. And Kirk turns around and just tells the whole crew, uh, sorry. <laughs> and then a deus ex machina in the form of Scott saves him. Mm. Now, it's weird because Kirk sent Scott there. I feel original series shatnery kirk mm. or if that had taken on because you know pine is, does a great great job you could have that character the same thing where he like oh i'm terribly sorry everybody but i do know that scott's over there because mm. i sent him there so hopefully ooh, it's like yes mr scott fucking yeah it has yeah. more of a thing rather than just like oh i have no plan because again yeah you've never faced the unwinnable scenario mm. and then like he literally is presented with it there it's like yeah yeah Madman, gonna blow up your ship. That's the end of it. Kirk feels so incompetent in this film. Yeah. yeah. In a way that he doesn't even in the first one. Like, even though he's meant, yeah, like you say, he's meant to be a hothead and reckless and. And, and a, a bit... younger version yeah. than we're used to. So he's meant to be like, 
even more rebellious and young. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he just feels you just and again, it's like it's been 18 months. Has no one in Starfleet gone? Hey, Pike, why did you make this guy a captain? Like, <laughs> he's terrible. He's terrible. Like, probably you know. why they kept them grounded for eighteen months because he's uh, not yeah. doing anything. Because <laughs> a lot of their captains are dead during the fucking attack yeah. outside Vulcan. Like, yeah, he's the only one we got at the minute. Yeah, apparently. Um, and it's like, oh, well, what's gonna happen now? Pike's gonna take over the ship again. It's like, that's not how that works. Just demote an admiral <laughs> to be a year and a, a half captain. of fucking cadetting. Have you got no one else lined up? Yeah. yeah. All these hatted motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is very frustrating, and it is it's that classic Star Trek thing of, um, these six people very important. They're the name deck, the main yeah. cast, and these nodding, shuffling people in the background are the other crew members. It's like, yeah, any of these people qualified? Nope. A, a prime example is like. Scott, you're relieved. Oh my god, Captain, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm resigning, you bastard, mm. you fucking perfect tire bastard. And he fucks off. And, and is very rarely, but not really in the movie, kind of. Mm. But one who's really relegated is like, check off. Yes, Captain, I fired the <laughs> missiles, I'm also here, Wector, Wector, hello. Mm. You're now in charge of engineering. What? <laughs> I, I'm a tactical officer, I never get there, Captain. I yes, can't I don't, feel the fire. Oh, fuck. Don't do that. Yes. Well, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they have lots of engineering people yeah. as a whole. There's literally 50 million people down there who knows how to run this ship. Put your fucking goggles on. <laughs> do you wear a red shirt? No. Get in fucking engineering, I son. Don't know. You do. It would be no, great. he does. It's tactical as well. No, he's, he's, he's gold. gold. Yeah, Until, he's gold. And it's, a, it's like, put a red shirt on. Yeah. Like, I have to change my clothes. <laughs> I do wish there oh, was. Yeah, you're right. There was like a moment where they. <laughs> Like it does a shot from like Kirk's point of view, and it just looks down, and he's got like notes written on his hand, and it's just like check off. It's the Homer Simpson where he's yeah. sweating through and it's like, <laughs> check off, check off. Transporters, nose science question mark. Engineering. Uh-huh. Yeah, check off. You're gonna be the engineer. Yeah. And Sulu, you're gonna be our new Captain. sword handsome. <laughs> okay. I mean that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like put him in the chair. You will know. You will notice that in our plot synopsis, we. I don't think I mentioned Chekhov because he's he's absent. He's, he's not. Ve- he doesn't really have an impact. Yelchin on does a great job, and they we do d- nothing with him. Yeah, oh, bless him. Sulu doesn't do a lot in these films, apart from the first film where he has a good cool sword, sword fight. fight. Yeah, like Uhura, Snog Spock, yeah, and has a little has bit, of, a couple of bits to do. They actually they have her. Speak to the Klingons because she can speak Klingon. Cool moment. Weirdly enough, and I, I, they're just talking about my, own star, dance, my, own, my own Star Trek pitch moment, where I was like, "Yeah, okay, I didn't do much with these characters because mm. it's an ensemble piece, and most of the time you get like, you know, like comic relief is Sulu yeah. and Chekhov fucking about and all that mm. sort of stuff." This film doesn't really push on the Trinity much. No, Bo- Spock, even Bones, Bones doesn't do a huge Kirk. amount in this film. No, oh, well, like, he does like a couple of huge Deus Ex Machina. I took yeah. him out of the pods, Jim. I've given you radioactive space blood, super Jim. blood. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but he doesn't. They don't have that that dynamic triangle quandary of like these two people mm. are your conscience. Yeah. yeah, and it really highlights when Beyond comes around how much Beyond actually does use the ensemble and gives everybody something to do. Precisely, yeah. um, precisely. It gets it. Because again, people get stuck. This film is quite unfocused. Like it, it thinks Khan is so interesting. It spends so much time with just Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirk. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's, interesting. that's the dynamic that they're playing with. Yeah, yeah. Kind of ignoring this bones. Khan isn't interesting. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like they want, like I feel like they wanted at some point to set up the idea that, like maybe they're having Kirk be a dick because they're trying to establish like, oh he 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 doesn't really care about his crew at this point. Like maybe, yeah, and Khan yeah. will do anything for his crew. Yeah, like, the he's doing, dark mirror of each yeah, other type. Thing, but they yeah. also that like they never really successfully do that. No, like and it's only ever barely hinted at, and the whole Kirk being shit is basically subtext for the first half. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then he has the moment where he turns around and is like, oh, man, I've really fucked up here. Yeah. And then he dies saving the ship. Because there's a really strong essence of a story yeah. from the start onwards where it's like... It's called Wrath of Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. No, there's a really essence of story, which is if you take away the actual the detail of the away mission and just go into what's the emotional core of it, Spock is going to die and Jim is willing to sacrifice everything to save his friend. Mm. You're like, shit. And Bones is like, don't do it. Mm. He would let you die. Yeah. I, said, I don't care. That's there. We're, we're different. Mm. And then by the end of the film, the difference is that Spock is doing his own thing and mm. Kirk sacrifices himself and Spock can't handle it because unlike the emotional thing, he hasn't mm. got that, that training. In his, yeah. He's just been bottling it up and he hasn't got anyone to hold him back around that sort of stuff. Mm. So there's it this was- interesting dichotomy, but it's never goes anywhere and it also it doesn't give spock and kirk enough time together no. if you're going to have that moment like the in the first film so much of it is about their relationship and them get it, them meeting and them getting to a point where they yeah. can work alongside each other and this film admittedly it can it can go like well we've done a lot of that heavy lifting and we've got pine and quinto who are great yeah but you'd think if you're going to have that that initial, like you say, that kind of mirroring of like, well, the in the away mission, Spock's going to die and Kirk makes the choice to save him and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we're going to do that Wrath of Khan moment because everyone's expecting it, but we're going to flip it and have Kirk die instead yeah. and, and Spock be really angry and do the Khan scream, you know? <laughs> like, you figure if you're going to do that, you need some more time spent on that relationship and saying like, well, where are these guys now? Oh, yeah. exactly where like no developments have happened in the last 18 months no and yeah they yeah. they they they're still just well I play by the rules well I'm a rebel yeah and but I'm, I'm a cowboy but, uh, <laughs> I, but I but I'm in charge so I get to make the decisions well I don't agree with that so I'm going to go over your head and dob you into starfleet pretty yeah. much uh, yeah. yeah this film's also really quite ugly <laughs> it doesn't uh. look good the 2010s trend we were yeah we uh, Mindel the um the we talked about this in the uh, beforehand the idea that the cinematographer worked on some really good beautiful films mm. and is capable of doing great things but also you're very much a slave to the director's passions and choices yeah. and also mm. what you are thinking is cool at the time yeah it feels very on trend for when it's from yes um which but unfortunately has not aged well but it has not yeah. aged well. Like mm. the saturation is so it feels very Michael Bay in it's terms of so people's fucking blue. I know we talk, ev- we touched on this in the commentary. I couldn't get over how fucking blue it is. Everything's mm. blue apart from people's skin tones, which are incredibly orange. Yeah, it's a weird oversaturation it's, thing. Yeah. yeah, like it comes. I mean, there was that famous bit where people were like, "Look at all these posters that are orange and blue." Like, oh yeah, I feel like yeah. that went around on Twitter about this time. And video game covers as well. Yes, the same yeah. Thing. Um. It makes everyone's skin looks 
awful. Everyone yep. looks so old in this yes. film. Yep. Peter Weller and uh, Bruce Greenwood look <laughs> so goddamn wrinkly. It's, um, it's the fact that the, the, the combination of the contrast, the saturation, no matter what kind of makeup you're using, mm. it looks greasy. Yeah. And really, I mean, so for example, they've got like this, you know, Kirk's been bashed around a bit. He's got makeup on his face mm. and it's quite grubby. Nothing, and this is going to sound very, probably quite derogatory, and I apologize because I'm not judging someone. I'm basing on how this thing has been shown. Because if you take like The Lighthouse, for example, and Robert Eggers from The Lighthouse, they use a very specific type of almost non-existent film negative. Mm. That's such a specific contrast. It makes the face look so craggy and horrible, mm. yeah. On purpose. Exactly. And that is not the case when I'm looking at Scott's neck. And Simon <laughs> Pegg's neck looks like it's been... He looks like an Irishman who's been left in Australia too long. <laughs> and has got so much like years of He's heat just rash. leathered himself out. And it's like, oh, right. oh. I, I, I didn't realise that, that before he was left on that ice planet, Scotty had been living in Benidorm for like 12 <laughs> yes. years. Yeah. It's really nasty. And you've got like this level. They all look, they all look like uh, Ray Winston in Sexy Beast. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, that's exactly it. We or went, Hulk Hogan. There's a, there's a bar scene with um, uh, Pike and Kirk. And mm. because of all the infinite fucking lamps. With the fucking hats. There's so many <laughs> lamps. Yeah. It looks like it's like a half lit face. And on one high, it's one, the top of his face, it's kind of like really yellow. On the bottom, it's like this amber. And it's like, mm. is this like some hideous lager that, yeah. that is, you know, Bruce Greenwood's. With these massive fucking sideburns, like it looks, as you say, quite anti-Star Trek. Yeah, that's the thing. That aesthetically, these films are quite jumbled. Yes, like, hello ob- JJ. Yeah, like obviously, there's the lens flare that everyone pays attention yeah. to. I don't mind that so much. I get the logic. I, I like. There's a reason for it's, it. Oh, good reason. It's obnoxious sometimes. There's oh, yeah, a for sure. weird contrast between. The kind of iPod, like transparent Apple Mac aesthetics, not quite as bad as iRobot, but you know, oh, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very much like that of the sort of a contemporary idea of what the future looks like for things like the bridge and sure. medical bay and stuff like that. And then as soon as you go down to engineering, it just looks like a sewage treatment plant kind of yeah. thing of, of, in 20. 20- 13 because yeah. it was all filmed in real locations and stuff yes the actual which, like science lab which i do like, give credit for yeah it's, cool. I, I it's respect a cool that. idea but it does not gel with the aesthetics of the rest of the ship which is very clearly all sets yeah that are like super clean look like the kind of you could just slide along if it's freshly mopped yes like, yeah yeah oh yeah and also it doesn't weird... uh, doesn't look like we expect Star Trek to look. Yes. Which very much never so. never mm. leaned into like, oh, hard science, you know, we've got to have our reactor actually look like a reactor, you know. Yeah. And you could you could have that. You could have one or the other. You could have the really sleek tunnel bubble like walls, everything slick yeah. and white and pristine, then make engineering like that. So it matches mm. it. Or you have it being sort of semi grounded technology where it looks like a Sewage treatment. Yeah. But so does the bridge. Yes. Make the and ship you, feel like and a you ship. And you lean into the Wrath of Khan submarine stuff. There we go. Everything's a bit more cramped. Everything's mm. a bit more practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's like, oh no, well, you know, if you're in a fancy part, then it looks fancy and clean and everything. Yeah. But then as soon as you get down to the gutter works, 
you have it a, just it yeah. looks like a power plant. There's nothing better than like here is how I mean you know the whole fucking ice gems dolly mixtures controls from the original series Starship yeah. is bollocks. <laughs> so obviously we've got nothing that should be any better like that. Mm. But there is the Sulu pilots the ship with a big flat screen, fine, mm-hmm. and a big metal handle. <laughs> The shiniest chrome you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna get really fingerprinty. Yeah, and he just goes, <laughs> mm-hmm. just goes boo. The only reason they're alive, by the mm-hmm. way, to even survive this enterprise, doesn't get mopped up outside Vulcan, is because Sulu had the handbrake on, basically. Yes, and it's like boo, 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 boo. Have you released the deflector array? Blah blah blah. Yeah, did we ready? Let's punch it. Uh, yeah, without that delay, the they'd be dead as well. Yes, something. save yeah. the fucking day. Fucking hero. Put him in. Yeah. Make him the captain. They do, yeah, they do eventually. They do eventually. Excelsior. Best ship. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a frustrating movie. Mm. It's pitched for the wrong I th- reasons. I, th- I think that's, that is where I would put it at the end of the day. Yeah. Is frustrating, frustrating is frustrating. like top hatred for me. Oh, really? Frust- frustra- <laughs> frust- a frustrating movie pisses me off so much. It's why The Dark Knight Rises pisses mm. me off. It's sure, why Prometheus sure. pisses me off so much. And it's the combination of the frustration and the potential. Yes. Like, this could be fucking brilliant because the mm. first one is great. You brought yeah. Star Trek back. You could have done 50 You of these brought things. Star yeah. Trek back and it worked. Yeah. And you recast some of the most iconic characters mm. in TV and cinematic history. Mm. And you fucking nailed it. Somehow, some way, mm. the entire crew mm. that are so defined by the people that played them for like 50 fucking years. <laughs> mm. Some of whom are still alive. Nailed it. Yeah. Visuals and stuff. Cool. The score. You invent a new Star Trek theme that fucking works mm. and is cool. Yep. I'm like, none of this should be allowed to be working. And then it's like, now nah, we'll just just we'll just do a bunch of random shit. Nobody cares anyway. Like, you made people care yeah. with the first one. <laughs> Abrams. Let's... Fuck. It's his criminal. Th- we we've covered it on Rise of Skywalker as well. Mm. Like the classic. Abram starts but he can't finish thing where it's mm, like yeah. comes up with all the cool ideas and don't let him follow up on it because he'll fuck it up and it's like yeah oh, and no. it's weird because it made it's the most fiscally successful Star Trek movie and yet it's it kind of almost killed Star Trek again yeah, yeah. because yeah. Beyond Beyond was too Star Trekky for most people because mm. it did a and good Star Trek notably story. changed director yes changed script writers yes i believe justin lynn came in yeah yep. everything was fast and furious fame yeah better if you went straight from star trek to star trek beyond it'd be fucking great yep. yeah but and it was... and it would have had that enthusiasm that would have because because the only reason that beyond didn't do well i think is because people had got annoyed by into darkness um, and didn't go to see it at the cinema and it lost momentum by that point and the other way around into darkness did so well because the first one was so good. exactly like, yes. holy yeah. shit they're doing a sequel to the 2009 yeah. star trek i love that one yeah it's got sherlock in it what could possibly go wrong <laughs> like, oh. like, remember the good one star trek seven years ago i remember mm. darkness it's fine yep. it's fine i saw yeah. it on dvd you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. well you should probably get around to fixing this right gents oh yeah yeah i mean we could we could I feel like there's we there's a lot wrong with this film yeah. that we I we haven't picked this apart for hours. Yeah, mm. like don't cast Benedict Cumberbatch as someone who's meant to be a mix of all the genetic traits, like of, the superhuman. Of, the, yeah, we've we've taken the best traits from the entire diverse population of the planet Earth, and we've come up with this 
distilled white man, the, the whitest <laughs> white man. Englishman's like, yeah, ah shit, and yeah, fucking Alice Eve as Carol Marcus in her underwear for no reason. For no reason, turn around, yeah. Ugh. Um, briefly before we do transition into me fixing the film, as I mentioned, my dad is a huge Trekkie. Yes, I sent him a text message a couple of days ago that was just simply, "What do you think of Star Trek Into Darkness?" By the way, that's it. Yes. And then I followed up with, it'll be include, good to include an old school Trekkie's feedback on the podcast. He's aware that we're doing this. I, I eventually like bounce some ideas for my pitch to him and all this kind of stuff. He replies with, not sure about Mr. Cumberbatch in general. <laughs> Poor casting for this film. The new Doctor is great as a young bones. Can't do Star Trek without a Doctor character. Welcome to my father, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and then This is the first co-written pitch. It may not work. <laughs> <laughs> and then so yeah, I love Carl Urban's bones. Carl Urban is always good. Thumbs up emoji from my dad. He then replies, I think they should have gone for an Indian. Uh, this is Sorry, this is me. I think they should have gone for an Indian actor for Khan or not do Khan at all. Cumberbatch was a terrible idea. My dad replies, uh, as parents often do, to the previous message, wasn't he the best judge dread? I'm like, Cumberbatch. <laughs> we're, all right, we're back to Carl <laughs> Urban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I reply, yep, he was brilliant in dread. God, that's a dark universe where we got Benedict Cumberbatch as Judge Dredd. Oh, Tim. My no. name is dead. <laughs> <laughs> My name is the law. <laughs> I respect the law. I am the law. We then, we then talk about Sylvester Stallone for a bit, because of course we do. My dad calls Sylvester Stallone a pussy, which I thought was hilarious, because <laughs> he dared show his face. Um, and then he spins back to out of nowhere, the original Khan was played by an actor of Latin ethnicity. As we mentioned earlier, yes. Ricardo Montalban is a Mexican actor. Mm-hmm. With his so. non-fake chest. Yeah, real chest. That everybody yep. thought was fake because yep. it's so muscly. Yep. yep. Those pecs are breasts. They're, they're, <laughs> they're absolutely ridiculous. The low cut trying... Oh, it's spectacular. This um, is setting out for five titties! <laughs> and I reply with, yep, Ricardo Montalban was Mexican. So I guess you could go that route for modern Khan's ethnicity. But a character called Khan Noonien Singh should probably be paid by somebody of Indian or like <laughs> Pakistani descent or something, right? Sure. Or even even like Chinese or kind of Mongolian. Yep. And leading Agreed. to the Khan rather Agreed. than the Singh. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Ignoring the Khan as his first name and Singh. There's, yeah. there's two surnames and <laughs> Noonien in the middle. It's the 60s. Uh, I'm not excusing it. I'm saying that's how he ended yeah. up here. My dad replies with, would be good. What about Danny Trey? <laughs> and then I don't respond and one minute later he just types machete <laughs> with, two, with two exclamation marks and I reply with brilliant although he is five foot four so his Fair super so strength would batch. work in a quite different way against Chris Pine who's six one <laughs> well again Cumberbatch there's a huge height differential between the two of them yeah Cumberbatch is tall isn't he no is he tiny? Yeah, he's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, really? He's not, not tiny, but he's 5'8". Yeah. I'm going to find out for your listeners. Shorter than Chris Pine. Yeah. Yeah, so when yeah. he's been escorted by all the Starfleet officers, he's, he's like, wearing find me the small boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cupcakes. My, my dad then replies with, Sing denotes Sikhs. They were good warriors, which they literally say in Space Seed. Yeah. The, the episode that introduces Khan in the original series. Um. And then we spin off into a bunch of other stuff and talking about mm. potential actors who we could have cast in Into Darkness instead and all kinds of stuff. 
and then he starts talking about his dog. Um, but yeah, I just love the idea of who do we get? We get well, we've got two options: we can do Benedict Cumberbatch or Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure, why not? Uh, I can't. I kind of want to live in that parallel world. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to answer question, by the way. Uh, oh, no, no, to be fair. That's interesting. Um, Cumberbatch, I think, is about 5'11". So he's actually... Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's all, that's that. right. I apologise. I'll take it back. Yeah. Anyway. Let's fix it. We should probably fix it. This week's episode is sponsored by Audible. If you go to Audible, you can have access to literally hundreds of thousands of audio delights, including audiobooks, podcasts, guided meditations, fitness, and comedy specials. Pretty much anything you can think of in an audio format you can get on Audible, including the Sequelizers podcast. These audio delights will have audio ends. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. If you go to audibletrial.com slash sequel, all thanks to us, you can get a free trial for one month of Audible's fantastic service, as well as a free audiobook that you can keep forever. Even if you don't decide to carry on after the free trial, you still get a free audiobook when you sign up using our link. Since we're talking about Star Trek this week, I'm going to recommend a Star Trek audiobook. Because there's lots of them. I tried to recommend Tech War by William Shatner, but it's not on Audible. It's terrible. (laughs) I recommend you go and listen to uh, 372 pages the podcast where they talk about tech war instead <laughs> it's awful and, and very entertaining I, w- I wonder if his uh spoken word album is available on audible <laughs> i hope not. i hope so it's available on youtube either way but yes i'm recommending one of the very very modern very recent star trek audiobooks that is accompanying the star trek picard series on amazon video i'm going to recommend the dark veil and why might i be recommending the dark veil because it's a goddamn Riker story. That's why. Yeah. I hope he's I lo- making pizza in this one too. I love me <laughs> I love me some William goddamn Riker. Perfect introduction. Uh, it's, Picard is not good as a series, but what? From the kitchen is a great <laughs> Riker reintroduction. Yep. Jonathan Frakes is amazing. Uh, it's it's mm. read by uh, Robert Petkoff, who is a fantastic narrator. And I'm just going to give you a little glimpse of the summary here and tease you with some Riker action if you want to dip your toes back into TNG and uh, like post TNG leading up to Picard kind of prequely kind of stuff. The Alpha Quadrant is mired in crisis. Within the United Federation of Planets a terrorist strike on the shipyards of Mars has led to the shutdown of all relief efforts for millions of Romulans facing certain doom from an impending supernova. But when the USS Titan is drawn into a catastrophic incident on the Romulan Federation border, Captain William Riker, you heard that, Captain William Riker, mm. his family and his crew find themselves caught between the shocking secrets of an enigmatic alien species and the deadly agenda of the ruthless Tal Shiar operative. Forced into a wary alliance with a Romulan starship commander, Riker and the Titan crew must uncover the truth to stop a devastating attack. But one wrong move could plunge the entire sector into open conflict. It is part of a series. There's a few different books accompanying the Picard uh, show. Some of them touch on Seven of Nine. Some of them touch on Jean-Luc himself. Other ones spin off and do other stuff. But I picked this one because it's about my boy Riker. And he's great. Fair. 
The narrator is great. Very excellent, like, production value and all that kind of stuff. The kind of stuff you expect from Audible, especially in the modern era. And this came out about a year ago, so it is very modern, very well produced, and highly recommended from me. You can get that by going to audibletrial.com slash sequel. You can get a free copy of Star Trek Picard The Dark Veil or any other Star Trek audiobook or any audiobook of your choice. The the galaxy is your oyster, I guess. So, before we get to fixing Star Trek Into Darkness, let's take a, a trip down the old memory lane I like to call Rotten Tomatoes, shall we, gentlemen? It's been a while. Hasn't it just Guy from Stained who turned out to be a country road piece of shit? <laughs> That's a reference a lot of people won't get. Good. There's three of the Kelvinverse movies, so I'm going to ask you for all three of the Kelvinverse movies on Rotten Tomatoes, starting with, of course, 2009's Star Trek. Mm. Tim, what do you reckon for 2009 Star Trek for the critical score? And for those of you who are joining us in season 10, giving you some extra thinking mm-hmm. time here, Tim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes is nonsense. It doesn't really <laughs> make much sense in an actual, like, aggregating reviews and stuff. And we see tweets about this all the time, but we find it hilarious. And what the percentage on the tomatometer, yes, that's what it's called, actually does and judges is the percentage of positive reviews, which is 60%, 6 out of 10, 3 out of 5, however you want to equate that number. Anything that is that and above is considered positive. And that is the percentage of positive reviews of the thing. So if something is the best film ever made, it will get a very high score. If everybody agrees it's a 6 out of 10, it will get the same score. It's nonsense. And that's why it's hard to guess sometimes. Because they throw you some fucking loops. (laughs) So yeah, starting with 2009 Star Trek. Hmm. Mr. Mayton, what do you think? I think there's going to be a bunch of critics who are like, it's not Star Trek enough. It's too whiz-bang. Um, and I think there's going to be a bunch of critics who just didn't like it, but I think both of those groups are going to be in the minority, and I reckon it's going to come out with a 79%. 79 from Tim. Interesting. Matthew Stogden. I'm going to try and go fully on memory and me as a critic. boldly go where no critic has gone before? Nope. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to go fully on like uh, my recollection of time and how people are genuinely, uh, generally discussing these sort of things. So, universally, people loved 2009 Star Trek. Yes. And I think that will be reflected in the three out of fives, four out of fives, which will be bumping mm. this fucker up. So I'm going to be crazy. <laughs> oh. Season 10, time for the big swings. Go on, Matt. If you're not going to do it in season 10, one, when else are you going to do it? Hu- no, no. Um, uh, 1701. Now, I'm going to say 91%. 91%. Yeah. Billy Big Bollocks over there from Matthew Tim, what do you reckon for Into Darkness from 2013? I think a little dip. <laughs> called, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Benedict Cumberbatch. No. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it will dip a little, but not as much as we think it should. Um, because I think I think there will be a lot of like. Alert, that's exactly what happens. I think I think there will be a lot of people who are like, "Oh, I'm downgrading what was a four out of five to a three out of five, and then Rotten Tomatoes will go, 
doesn't matter. Still counts. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's so, like Matthew giving it a three out of five. Me. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. So, I dropped from like a five out of five to a three out of five. That's a that's a significant drop. Yeah, it's a it's a five out of five to a two out of five. Sure. What about Carrie? Into Darkness uh, is a two. Which, which is all that matters in Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I'm so I I said seventy eight or nine. Uh, seventy nine. Seventy nine. So I'm only gonna drop down to like seventy two. Oh, seventy two from Tim. It should be lower. I completely agree with Tim, but not on the numbers. Obviously, I think it is a tiny dip. Mm. So I'm gonna say eighty. 85 for STID. Yeah. How about Beyond, gentlemen, from, let me just check, 2016? Beyond is like the trickiest one. It because is. really is. It is. Because it's lost that momentum. It feels it's good, like... but fewer people saw it, so there's... Yeah. I'll, I'll, it... give you, I'll give you the numbers. This might help you a little bit. So 2009 is based on 353 reviews. Into Darkness is 293 reviews. And actually, Beyond is back up to 314. Yeah. I, I misjudged myself. Oh, ah, okay. I, it feels, it, in a lot of ways, not just because it was more Star Trek than, than the other two, it feels like it sort of came out at the wrong time. It, it feels like a, a throwback to a different age of blockbusters slightly. Sure. Um, it felt out of place amongst all the, the superhero shit of 2016. 2016, one of the best years of film. A good year. My uh, my other ninety nine nine and twenty sixteen. I I think. Oh mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very it's very difficult. So, uh, but Golden I think it, had a lot of competition. I think it's a good film. So I'm gonna say again. I'm gonna stick around the same area and say seventy six. Seventy six from Tim Matthew Stogden. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm inclined to agree every game with Tim. I think he's right on the money. I think it's going to be that people saying it's great track. It's like, are you going to watch it? I mean, I watch it on streaming. Yeah, okay, get mm. around to it. I think a lot of people slept on it. Um, mm. unfortunately, because again, tw- 2016, so much competition, so much going on, so much discussion. No one had time for like a Trek film that was from uh, you know three or four years. Same year as Rogue One. It doesn't stand a mm. chance. Yeah. Best best Star Wars film ever made. Well, you know, but but again, I can't I'm, imagine I'm many people giving it lower than a three out of five. No, it's a good film. That's one thing. And so I'm going to say, I don't think it goes back up above to the original '90s, whatever, because it's not hasn't got that, that fresh kind of paint and newness. It's not some people who won't like that. It's not as explodey as in darkness. But I think True. those are people who don't tend to write these kind of reviews, arguably. So I think the fact that it goes more track. Boosts it up. What did I say? What did I say? Uh, you've got ninety-one, then eighty-five. Fuck it. Let's say eighty-eight. Eighty-eight miles per hour, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, sorry, my seventy-eight. I don't know. We're, that. we're kicking off season ten with a clean sweep, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. The clean sweep is for one, Mister Matthew Stogden. Oh, what's wrong with us? <laughs> you both undershot. 2009 Star Trek. Well, I said like 90s. It's mm-hmm. a 94% oh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. With an audience score of 91. 
When I saw that, I was like, uh, "There it is." That's, that's a hell of a score. <laughs> right people, there. people like that film. People like it. Good that reason. Yeah. It's a good film. Yeah. It's when it, it's when Kirk says, "Bullshit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys absolutely nailed the pattern as well. By the way, of slight dip, then back up again. Oh wow! Wow. Um, yeah. Into darkness, we dip down to eighty-four percent, with an eighty-nine Fuck. on the audience score. Fuck, interesting. And then back up for Beyond at 86%, with an audience score, the lowest, of 80%. God damn, that's fascinating. Mm. So you were like a couple of points off every time, Matthew. This is one of You were 3% off, 1% off, and 2% off. Mm. Nostalgia working well for me there. This is one of our most successful franchises then, in theory. In terms of us sequelizing. Yeah. Where yes, it's actually yes. quite stable. It's, yeah. We're fixing a certified fresh movie right now. <laughs> yeah. A few people and, are and, off and about also, it. I've done it before, I'll do it again. <laughs> also, a franchise that self-corrected. Yes, precisely. Yeah, yes. In yeah. the, in the, it, it came back and it improved with the third film. Precisely. But then the audience was pissing about. As they often do. And then obviously real life tragedy without Anton Yelchin. So it's like, yeah. can't just rinse in a new one. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Which is awful. But yes. So... Time for me to fix it, eh? Yeah, what are you going to do? <sighs> when Hulkamania li- runs... <laughs> no. <laughs> Not how many runs wild on your how spaceship? M- how many wrestlers have I cast well, in this it, one? It, Who it, knows? It, it's episode one of a new season. There are no trends yet. There are nothing... We haven't got any running tropes yet, so let's see what they happen to be. Is it like a running theme? Here we go. Here Interesting. We go. I'm releasing it a year later. The, first, than first, what? The, than Into Darkness. <laughs> Oh, right, not 2009 <laughs> no, Star Trek. Like <laughs> they made it at the Jesus. same time. They filmed it back to back in my universe. <laughs> That's something I would come up with and go, and go, uh. <laughs> no. One year later in 2014. Okay. So okay. five, a, f- a five, five year, year journey. Five... Yes, Tim. Yes, it is. Um, okay, interesting. Because yeah. I mean, part of the thing, the reason the delay was because Abrams is working on Super 8. So. Mm. Fuck Abrams. Binning off Abrams as well. Very interesting. A, good, a good move. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. I'm going for Star Trek Seed of Destruction. I'm just... My eyebrows have raised <laughs> significantly. Your, your Vulcan-style eyebrows yeah. are up there, Matthew. Yeah. Um, are we getting a, a Star Trek Hellboy crossover? I was going to say, was, great. Yeah. Jack is making a... Fa- Jack, have you... <laughs> buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh my God, they're going to come across the, the... I forgot the buzz, buzz, buzz. Is there going to be a... Planet of Vampires and Blade steps out of the fucking darkness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my trend for this season? Everything is Blade 3. <laughs> Everything is a crossover. Everything They're going to come Blade. across the Omjajaru in space, yeah. like cracking out of their prison and going yeah. like, hmm, let's yeah. make, let's do oh, first contact with them. We found a pod, Jim. Who's in it? Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He's been frozen for... I, yeah, I guess like 200 years. Eh? This Nazi originally years? ran on clockwork. Now he runs on dilithium. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have some Hellboy actors in here. We'll get to that in a moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know what it's to do not that. a Hellboy crossover. I don't this is believe a, you. This is a Star Trek movie, I promise. To, I promise. to quote Jack Lawrence William Chambers, <laughs> I don't believe you. Fair. Oh. Right, I had ahead. a bunch of different titles for this. I was, I was saying to Matt before we started recording the second half here, uh, I edited a bit which turned into a much bigger rewrite by accident. It was kind of butterfly effect of like... Can I make Hellboy a captain? It's going to have huge fallout. Admiral Hellboy, I'll have you know. Ah, crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I re 
jigged a few things. I was like, ah, oh, shit, no, that means I need to... If I change that in paragraph two, that changes the ending. So I need to do yeah, this yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, he's tweaked and gone through a few different versions. Uh, I originally had... I think the original working title was Seeds of Armageddon. Ooh, okay. I then I then changed to Seeds of War. Seed is in there every time. I think mm. I know what we're doing here. Seed, seed is in there every time. Yeah. Um, sperm. Sperm, indeed. Sperm whales. Star Trek 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save the director for last. Okay. As the big reveal before we go into the pitch. Okay, interesting. Uh, returning cast. All, all the cast yeah, of the yeah, end yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. is, is the Pines, the Quintos, the Urbans, the Saldanas, the Pegs, the Yelchins, etc. Duplicated. Mirror universe. Yes. <laughs> Beards for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Including <laughs> Zoe Saldana. Especially <laughs> Zoe Saldana. Yeah. She'd, she'd look good with a beard. Yeah. Yeah. New cast. Mm. Commodore Travers. I'm frowning because in my <laughs> Star Trek knowledge, I feel like I should know that, but I'm like, is this an Enterprise this thing? An, it's an existing character. Matt, Matt, Matt is like pl- jacking into Memory Alpha now and going through <laughs> the Matrix. Because tra- I, I know Jack's method of writing. I know he literally goes and trawls the stuff. And you're, well, you're working with your dad. But you're working with your dad. Is he pulling Enterprise bullshit? No, no, no. no fuck no, <laughs> okay. no. Well, no, oh, like, no reference to Captain Archer. We're like, oh, for fuck's sake, that, yeah. that fucking beagle's going to reappear <laughs> and then take over the universe. No, yeah, no, definitely it's Cosmo not. from fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. played by Dean Norris from Breaking oh. Bad, Under the Dome, etc., etc. Love me some Dean Norris. I mean, given that he's Commodore and and uh, Star Trek's reputation for higher ups, I can I can see him being mad and uh, yeah, an all dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Harold. Is it his first name or second name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't clarify, so neither Much am like I. Much like until the film yeah, comes yeah. out. We'll just say that's the Khan. name they go by. Okay. It's like going, my name is Bob. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's, been pl- there's been a few Bobs in my this world. My name is Cumberbatch. Right? What? No, it's, it's my name is Benedict. It's his first name. Oh, I know. Can't make... He's not called Khan. My name is Benny. Oh, anyway. Benny Cumboy. Benny Cumboy. Um, so, I, yes. I'm casting. Yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, you may know from... I have no problem with that. Brick, Looper, Dark Knight Rises around this sort of time. Yeah, I could see him being solid in the Star Trek universe. I'm okay with it. Wait, Lieutenant, you said? Lieutenant Harold. Yeah, yes, that makes yeah. sense. I don't think I want to see a captain, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What's, um, what's he doing around this time? Do you, do you uh, have a... He has... Um, when's he, Looper? 2012? Yes. So is Dark Knight Rises. So he's just so he's done just those two. Done those two. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, okay. So he's okay. big, but he's not okay. too big. Okay. You, you, you'll understand why. Uh, a character called Gat. Played by a Gatling gun. <laughs> by a gun. <laughs> Here comes the Hellboy. It's our good old pal, Doug Jones. Oh, nice. cool, cool, cool. What, what is Gat a specific race of peoples? Uh, so, that's a little trivia thing for you. Oh. You know that the android dude I kept pointing out in the commentary, patrons, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's known as 0718. Okay. Played mm-hmm. by a guy whose surname is Gat. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, and the original like designation for that character was like Gat 01. Yeah. And yeah, the concept yeah, yeah. art was Gat 07. That's cool. that kind of mm. stuff. I just pulled the name out of there. No, no, that's cool. cool, man. Doug Jones is great. I think I would like the turbine fan in the back of his head yes right yeah. got it got it he's yeah. an augmented human that they just kind of don't address 
No, he's the just... The fact that there's cyborgs and there's, like, there's like a bunch of those in Into Darkness. There's like four I, or five I extras. Meant, I have one in my thing where it's just like, cool looking alien extra in the background yeah. says a thing. Yeah. Not even necessarily extras. There's like the the helmswoman who yeah. has like the shaved head and is wearing yeah. the kind yeah. of like classic Trek dress. And there's the, the one who's got like the anime hair kind of thing going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Um, who, so, who, who were just like, oh, that, look, that person looks interesting. Mm. I'd like to know more about them, but I'd also like to know more about Sulu and Chekhov. Yeah. And, There's an know. old man over there saying, Captain, it's like, who the fuck are you? You can find out more about 0718 <laughs> in the spin-off comics. It sounds like I'm making that up. I'm not. That's oh, no, a real I believe thing. It's yeah. a real thing that happened. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, continuing with more Hellboy. Hellboy himself, Mr. Ron Bloody Perlman, Jack is playing Sclerasa. Sclerasa. <laughs> S-K-L-R-R-S-A-R. I'm really asking for the pronunciation because I'm sure when we read the pitch, I have to say Sclerasa. It never mm. comes up. It's fine. Oh, fuck. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I wrote it down in the pitch anywhere at all. Sclerasa. It's fine. Only, okay, what does matter? Cool, that's cool. Like Ron and Commander Singh, played by... You might enjoy this, Matthew. Mm. Rithik Roshan. Shit. Big, big, big Bollywood. I was going to say, that's a massive that's a flex. Bo- Bollywood actor, yeah. Uh, known for. Sing, you say. Known for. Seed, you say. <laughs> known for. To shreds, you say. <laughs> <laughs> to shreds, you say. Uh, known for Krish and Krish yeah, 2 yeah, yeah. as the superhero mm. Bollywood dude. Doom 2, not that Doom 2. No, no, no. It's Doom with an H. Yeah. Uh, he's a massive, massive Bollywood star, basically. Um, and I did think about casting a couple of different people. Maybe we'll get into that later on. Mm-hmm. But I really, really like what I've seen with Roshan. I've seen Doom and Krish. Yeah, so, he, yeah, he's very charming and yeah. enigmatic and yeah, a yeah. present. So yeah, he's great. Very cool. And quite essentially, uh, this was some research. He speaks English very well. Yes, yes. Um, and yeah, he's just like a titan of Bollywood. He's just one of the like defining actors of the 21st century in Bollywood, pretty it, much. It, Jack kind of almost did a, who are you casting as this role? Tom Cruise. Like, yeah. Jesus this, Christ. This is, he's Indian Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, to yeah. a degree. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's, a big, it's a big move. Yeah. Interesting. If, if he is who we think he may be, he's also got incredibly impressive abs. <laughs> yeah. Dude's ripped. Yeah. Yeah. That's your lot. Nice. That's your lot. Keeping it fairly, oh, keeping oh. It fairly simple, fairly small. Who's the director then? You're looking at me funny, you freak. I put Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there for a reason. Uh, Dean Norris in there for a reason. Uh, Who does a good follow up to a JJ Abrams movie? It's fucking Ryan Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it before he does Last Jedi. (laughs) I mean, Ryan Johnson is suited for Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Maybe more so than Star Wars, some might say. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be post Looper. Correct. Pre-Star Trek, he didn't do anything between Luke and Star Trek. Correct. Yeah. Star Wars, I should he say. He did Breaking Bad, hence yeah. the connection with Dean Norris. Of course, yes. He's doing, yeah. he's doing, doing a few some episodes. of the best episodes of yeah. TV I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Like Ozymandias, which mm. is one of the best. A lot of people are going to get fucked up with that choice because obviously a knee-jerk reaction. was like, no, Johnson makes sense. Ignoring the... F- yeah. Like, even ignoring the whole Last Jedi comes out in four years from this weird parallel timeline thing. Yeah. Johnson is a great choice even if he hadn't done The Last Jedi, I would probably still have picked him because yeah. I fucking love Looper. I love Brick. He's a brilliant filmmaker. He then goes on and obviously does Knives Out, which is fantastic yeah, as yeah. well. He has worked with Joseph Gordon-Levitt before. He's worked with Dean Norris before. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Very interesting. 
No, I'm I also here for wanted it. to have I'm the little, here for it. The little jab at Abrams. Fuck you. Fuck you, yes. Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> Picking up the pieces that Abrams yeah. drops on the floor. You're sure. And then we Except, get and yeah. then we bring in Colin Trevorrow for the third one, right, guys? Let's just stick with Justin then. He did, yeah, he he did, did a good did. job. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Very interesting move, very interesting cast. I think I know exactly where this is going, and there's two you aspects to that. One, either Jack is going, uh, 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 no, you don't, which is fine, and I'll enjoy that, or he's going to do the thing where it's like, ha, 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 which we, in fact, said in the first half, just do the story or a different <laughs> or a variation of the story, and you'll enjoy where we're taking you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for this either we'll, way. We'll find out. Yeah, I have I have complete confidence that this will be infinitely better than Into Darkness. I and hope more this is better than Into Darkness. a Star Trek film. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I'm 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 pleased as someone who isn't writing a Star Trek film. I will kick us off with the title card. Star Trek: Seed of Destruction slowly forms in a nebula as the Star Trek theme slowly builds in the background. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. The theme the theme song hits the main riff. Dun, 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 dun. And the title Thank you. Is like cut in half as the Enterprise cruises through the nebula in a Ooh. very like atmospheric, nice little intro sequence. I like that. Yeah. We zoom in through a window into the quarters of one James Tiberius Kirk. Having a wank. He's wanking. Chris Pine's wanking. I tried to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Could not Let's not start on. those rooms. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. He's fine. He's a sweet boy. The captain begins a new log. Captain's log. Stardate 2262.102. Apparently Chris Pine had issues doing a Shatner impression. Yeah. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> just because he was sat in the chair. And John Cho was infamous for calling him out and being like, do a Shatner again. <laughs> Stop doing Shatner. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry. It just happens naturally. I can't help it. Mm. It happened to me just then. Just can't help it sometimes. <laughs> Anyway, Stardate 2262.102. That's a real Stardate, by, oh, yeah, by the way. It's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That is, in fact, today's date, but 240 years into the future. Oh. A little Easter egg for Shit. Today, nice. today is the 102nd day of the year. So there you go. The recording. How people know when we recorded this. I know. They'll be able to reverse engineer their own sequelizers. Engineer My the God, they'll be able to track us back to our destination. <laughs> our shields are built for this. Through the wall. <laughs> the crew of the USS Enterprise is making excellent progress in its ongoing mission. They've explored strange new worlds and met new civilizations and been where no one has gone before. And today is no exception. We're exploring uncharted space. Searching for Kirk is cut off by Spock summoning him to the bridge as they have arrived at their destination. Kirk arrives on the bridge and Spock confirms that they have found what they were looking for. A sleeper ship from the 21st century. Dun, dun, dun. Shit. Covered in fucking extreme stickers. <laughs> on screen. I almost made a joke about it. It's just full of AOL internet trial discs <laughs> yeah. and, and NFTs. On screen, a monolithic starship drifts slowly in the black of space. The design is far from the disc and nacelle design from Starfleet or the bird-like Klingon ships. This is a functional but uninspiring ship, not dissimilar to a 21st century skyscraper. I'm thinking more like the Expanse style. I think you were in the Expanse, yeah. It's just a big block of metal, and it's yeah. just there to mm-hmm. float, basically. Yeah. It's not particularly aerodynamic, not sleek. No, it's a logical thing. Yeah, yeah I get it. Chekhov scans the ship and confirms his identi- Sorry, its identity. The Hashimi, launched from Earth in 2077. 
Chekhov also confirms that there are multiple lifeforms on board. The captain arranges an away team of Sulu for security, Uhura for translation, Doc and McCoy for medical assistance and quips. Mostly to, quips and, and grumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, Griping his, about it. Yeah, not a historian. To visit the Shimi and determine if they can sir, save any of its crew. I'm a doctor, not a defroster person who defrosts a... I, not a refrigerator I, technician, Jim. <laughs> he does have a, I'm not a doctor, I'm a... Yeah. I'm yeah. a doctor, not a line in there. I'm a doctor, not a lover. Something like that. <laughs> the away team enter the Hashimi and are greeted by a deathly silence and ancient technology by their standards. They carefully explore the eerie dead ship and eventually find its crew of around 70 people in cryostasis. I really hope it's a Linux system from Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's a Linux I, system. I know this system is <laughs> just scrolling through. Yeah, yeah, slowly scrolling. Sort out the door locks. I, I'm thinking kind of alien style, so I'm not opposed oh. to just like yeah. CRTs just being Very in a for yeah. some stupid reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uhura is able to translate some of the 21st century languages and decipher an approximate manifesto. I thought you meant like a political manifesto. <laughs> not like no, no, a crew and cargo manifesto. Yeah. She doesn't get it 100% right because it's mm. a mixture of 21st well, century languages. We and see stuff. an element of that in, in Star Trek Beyond as well, don't we? Mm. That's yeah. not, not a spoiler I'm going to go yeah. to here, but yeah, that's, I, I can see that being nicely. <laughs> With Uhura's guidance, McCoy locates Passenger 24, highlighted by a special designation in a script Uhura isn't able to translate, and begins scanning and testing the man inside. As he begins his tests on the pod and its inhabitant, they receive a hail from the Enterprise to return as soon as they can. They've received an urgent distress call from a nearby outpost and must prioritise that over the recovery of the Hashimi. Sulu places a Starfleet beacon so that they can return to it more easily, and McCoy insists on bringing back Passenger 24 for further study. Kirk reluctantly agrees, and the trio load the stasis pod into the shuttle as the camera reveals the name at the top of the pod. Sing. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. The moody version of the theme. Mm -hmm. I imagine there'd be an an, an amazing Duke, you know, yeah, medley. He'll do something, something cool with awesome, it. Like... Of course he will. I just do, do, do. trust, just trust Michael Giacchino. Just do dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the team arrives back on the bridge as Kirk replays the distress call they received from Commodore Travers. Here's Mr. D. Norris mm -hmm. from the nearby Cestus Three outpost, one of Starfleet's most remote outposts. An away team of Kirk, Sulu, Chekhov, and some security red shirts beam down to the outpost, and Kirk quickly finds a survivor, Lieutenant Harold, whose face is disfigured from a recent assault. Where they stop to talk to Harold, the away team quickly come under attack by mysterious, armoured assailants. They fight back and are able to chase off their attackers, but are unable to identify them. They return to save Harold, but he has succumbed to his wounds. It was a cameo from Joseph Gordon-Levitt there, folks. Ah, that, that sounds very Ryan Johnson. He's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He does the same in um, uh, Brothers Jedi. Bloom. Yep. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He certainly does. Doing a Ryan Johnson movie. <laughs> no, makes sense. Makes sense. Spock makes contact to inform them that an unknown ship is coming out of cloak in orbit and the away team are beamed back to the Enterprise. As soon as the team are on board, the enemy ship goes to warp and the Enterprise pursues. The ship is an unusual insect-like shape with four nacelles spread across a central disc. Okay. Meanwhile... In the med bay, McCoy is able to revive their frozen guest. The 21st century man awakens and quickly begins asking where he is, and more importantly, when he is. Bones explains that he, the star date is 2262.102, but probably not like that. And the mysterious man has been in cryostasis for nearly 200 years. 
The man identifies himself as Commander Singh and stands to attention in front of the Doctor. Bones is fascinated by how quickly he has recovered and begins scanning Singh. McCoy reassures Singh that they have placed a Starfleet beacon on his ship so they can return and rescue the remainder of his crew. The new technology of the scanner intrigues Singh and he is full of questions about the Enterprise, its crew, what has happened since he left Earth, but receives a surly reply of, I'm a doctor, not a historian. Hey! There you go. He, he did the, the thing. thing. He just said the thing. From Bones. The doctor hands him an, a data pad so that he can find his own answers while he conducts more tests. Shut up and read this, goddammit. What a history lesson. I got yeah. one for you right here. Exactly, yeah. 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 McCoy tells Spock and Kirk that they need to come to medical ASAP, but the reply from the bridge is, we're a bit busy right now, Bones. We're having a Beastie Boys dance off. Body moving! Body moving! Check to check to check to check it out. The Enterprise flies at warp speed and a cool looking alien extra on the bridge. There you go, told you. That's about right. Is that is that uh who Noah Segan is playing, presumably yes. if this is a Ryan Johnson <laughs> yes. film. Exactly right, Tim. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh confirms that the enemy ship is coming out of warp. Sulu drops the ship out of warp, and we see the insect like craft at a standstill above an uncharted planet. Kirk prepares all weapons to fire, but Uhura receives a hail. Through a garbled translator, the crew of the Enterprise are given an ultimatum. Both ships must choose their five finest warriors to send to the planet's surface. They have 12 hours to decide who to send, or both ships will be destroyed. The hot-headed captain commands Chekhov to arm the Enterprise's weapons, but their systems are non-responsive. Scotty confirms that their engines are malfunctioning as well, and they're completely locked in place. Spock's scans of the planet's surface confirm a habitable atmosphere some basic ores and resources, as well as a potential source of the ship's malfunctions. A device appears to be affecting both ships, securing them in orbit and dampening their systems. Kirk hatches a plan to play along with the game, keep up appearances, but to actually disable the device on the surface and escape. Matt, have you clocked on yet? I assume you have. I think I have. Yeah. It's a Fortnite crossover. It's a Fortnite crossover. <laughs> the Rock and Troy Baker are here to save the day. I think the rock is evil in Fortnite. I can't remember. I'm not 12. <laughs> the trained combatants of the Enterprise line up as Kirk deliberates who to join him on the mission. Sulu flexes his sword skills because of course he does. John Cho is amazing. Spock describes his heightened Vulcan strength and the line ends with Scotty eating a sandwich. Kirk asks Scott why he wants to volunteer for this potential suicide mission and Scott spits out a mouthful of food in shock. He'd assumed this was the line for lunch and had just joined it by mistake. Ah, uh, Peg. Good old Simon Pegg doing some funny bits. Kirk selects Spock, a powerfully built alien member of the security team called Gat, so it's Doug Jones and a big spindly weird yeah. creepy alien thing, so he's very intimidating. And Lieutenant Hendorf, aka Cupcake. Hey. Cupcake. That's the guy who Kirk just calls Cupcake the whole time. <laughs> because he called him Cupcake and it's a thing. He yeah. got got in a bar fight with him in the first one and then he yep. shows up again and And now he's his captain. Yeah. Weird. Fun fact, they've shot death scenes for him in the first one, and then it was cut. And he was brought back for Into Darkness, and they shot a death scene, and it was cut. <laughs> and he's also in Beyond very briefly. Holy he is shit. in all three films, somehow. He's the red shirt who lives. He's he's credited as, like, burly cadet in the first <laughs> one, because the, the line is like, Kirk squares up to the burly cadet, blah, 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 and they yeah. just call him burly mm. cadet. Then he's credited as Cupcake in Into Darkness. And then also into darkness, into uh, also also in beyond, 
he is just credited as Cupcake Ian and is barely in it. But his canonical name is Lieutenant Hendorf. There you go. Mm. As he's about to select the last member of the team, Bones arrives and tells Kirk he needs to see something urgently. In the med bay, Singh is doing one-handed press-ups while speed reading from McCoy's datapad. McCoy tries to explain the physical prowess of Singh, especially after such recent crisis, but he can't. Singh springs to his feet, saluting the captain and first officer as they enter the room. Commander Singh introduces himself and reels off Kirk and Spock's Starfleet records in incredible detail. Singh is, somehow, aware of the ongoing situation and volunteers himself for the upcoming mission. Spock raises an eyebrow, suspicious of the apparent ubermensch, and asks for an explanation. Very Spocky. Singh explains that he is an augment, or augment, a human with enhanced physical and mental capabilities. Spock recalls the eugenics wars of Earth history in the late 21st century. Uh, Singh reminisces briefly and, and informs the crew that he fought in those wars, reinforcing his advanced combat skills and begins throwing kicks and punches in the air. <laughs> I'm very good. Look at me. Bones explains that his muscles and bones are four to five times denser and stronger than a regular human's. Spock remains sceptical, but Kirk is impressed by Singh's moves and McCoy's readings and recruits him to the team. Against Spock's wishes. Spock requests that McCoy do further research into Singh's history while they're away. Maybe on his super blood. <laughs> I'll scan his radioactive super blood. Yeah. As the team prepares to beam to the surface, Kirk gives the bridge to Sulu as the senior officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sulu gets it. Nice. Yeah. Uhura says goodbye to Spock and says she's begun analysing the alien language in the background of the garbled message they received earlier and is suspicious of the mission. So in that kind of like garbled translation thing, there seems to be kind of like voices in the background and stuff and it's going through some weird filter and Uhura has basically been trying to like decipher that and work mm-hmm. out what's going on because she's a linguistic specialist. It makes sense. She insists that Spock take a long-range communicator so that they can stay in contact and so that she can continue to decipher their language. They share a kiss in the turbo lift before he enters the transporter room to join the rest of the team. Singh, now wearing a red shirt as part of the landing crew, joins Kirk, Spock, Cupcake and the Gat. Spock tries to contain his worry as they gather their equipment. The moment before Kirk gives the energized command, the five-person crew are beamed to the planet's surface, their weapons clattering to the floor as they disappear in a swirl of unfamiliar energy. They were not beamed by the Enterprise. They were beamed against their will. Screaming! Ah! Like Alice Eve for some reason. (laughs) But no, it implied that, yeah, they're not supposed to bring their weapons. They are transported not by the Enterprise there. Mm -hmm. As Spock correctly deduced in his earlier scans, the planet is mostly barren but with a hospitable atmosphere. They see their counterparts from the other ship. Tall reptilian creatures in studded leather armor, Matthew. Yeah. Tim, you know what's happening here. (laughs) Yeah. Who are also unarmed. Kirk introduces his team as the aliens announce themselves in their own language, going something like, bloody hell, (laughs) etc. They slowly approach before eventually clashing, frantically scrapping and searching for any advantage. I'm imagining a big, like, not quite the Leipzig airport battle in Civil War, but like it's five on five Mm. mad scrambles and super strong aliens and super strong Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sing and Gat and all kinds Mm. of stuff kicking off. Battle Royale. Yeah. I feel, I feel yeah. a lot of like bald, boulders getting thrown. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe random minerals lying around you could use as some sort of makeshift weapon. Uh, but only if it... <laughs> <laughs> <Do> you... <laughs> maybe we'll get there, Matthew. Who knows? Who knows? 
Is there, is there anything you can use to craft a weapon? Can you make some kind of rudimentary lathe? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, the reptilian aliens are much stronger than the Enterprise's assembled group, while the humans, especially Singh, have a distinct speed advantage. While Kirk is able to dodge a few slow attacks before being hit, Singh is able to duck and weave without throwing a single punch. We cut back to the Enterprise with the Hura analysing the speech patterns of the powerful aliens. She's able to determine a single proper noun. Gorn. Like, my name is Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not the... Gorn. Gornian Gorn. <laughs> It's the, the Norfolk way of saying I've gone somewhere. I've yeah. gone over there. I've gone over there. So, um, unnamed in the script, but the character, the Gorn captain, is Ron Perlman. Uh, so there, there you go. Nice. Physical presence, and he, he gets some lines in, oh, I love in, it. in the Gorn language. Uhura's voice crackles through Spock's communicator. Gorn, they call themselves Gorn. It has origins in static. As in the static. <laughs> Could be a title or static. Do- dodgy communications, basically. Yes. Even with the long-range communicators they've developed, all the technology's a bit fucked. Well, cuts, yeah. Wayne Static of Static X. Yes, <laughs> there we go. The guy with the big hair. Rest in peace. Yeah. Spock confirms this information with the captain as the fighting separates and the combatants tire themselves out. Singh, having overheard Uhura's message, shouts at the apparent enemy captain and explains that they don't have to fight disobeying the hot-headed Kirk's instructions for the mission. That's the Skirshlar, that's the leader of mm-hmm. the yeah. enemy captain mm-hmm. guy. Yep. The aliens seem to respond to the word Gorn and reply in their broken English. Their reptilian mouths make for uncomfortable pronunciations and it sounds racist as fuck now. Yeah. But they they're, say... They're basically Japanese stereotypes from the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good businessmen that do trade federations and stuff. This is getting out of hand. Uh, now there are two of them. Uh, <laughs> Misa no likey, Matthew. Misa no likey. But they say they are proud warriors and will earn their freedom in victory or death. Another fight ensues with sticks and stones being smashed and thrown with the Gorn once again gaining the upper hand in the battle, mortally wounding Hendorf. I'm actually killing off Cupcake this time. On screen, he gets a noble death. Squished. A good day to die. Crushed by a big boulder thrown (laughs) by a Gorn. You taste of sprinkles. Do you have any red velvet? <laughs> you bleed red velvet. Kirk orders a temporary retreat while they form a plan against the overpowering foes. Even in the brief exchange, they can tell they're outmatched with the Gorn barely scratched by their attacks. Singh and Spock are relatively unscathed. Lieutenant Hendorf doesn't have long left, and Gat and Kirk are injured. The Gorn are winning. <laughs> the Gorn are winning now. Kirk and Singh bond over their old-fashioned approach to combat. Between the group, they're able to gather powdered sulfur, coal, potassium nitrate to make gunpowder. Here we go. And a bamboo-like plant to form a makeshift cannon. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Stupid, but I love it. I, I find it a bit weird that Kirk knows how to do that. Yeah. But I'm kind of bringing in the fact that Spock's si- there. Spock is there with mm. his scientific knowledge and Singh is old school by mm. their standards. Gunpowder, yeah. Coming up with gunpowder and stuff no, that probably makes... still be a thing I like in that. the 21st century. So. Also, I have a question. Yes. The Gorn. And yes. this is Ryan Johnson, so I trust the answer. Yes. 2012, mm-hmm. we've had the amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. with that lizard. <laughs> you mean the, the Goombas from the Mario? Yeah, yeah. no snap. <laughs> These are like 
mask motherfuckers, right? And yeah, you I'm, maybe I'm doing, the I'm, animation I'm on do, it. I'm doing, doing the gum, I'm doing the gumbers from Mario. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. But it looks uh, good, no, right? Yeah, I was thinking makeup prosthetics. But that's with, all I need here. That's all I need. Yeah. Okay, right, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I, I figured as much, but I wanted to just check. Think this. like uh, Lizard from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That kind of CGI. Yeah. You know? High like. Sega Mega Drive slash PlayStation <laughs> 1 levels of CGI. I, I thought you were going to say blue from Jurassic World. So like, <laughs> I'll take it. That would be lovely. But yeah, yeah. Carry that, on. Yeah. A combination of mm-hmm. practical and CGI, yeah. almost like that. Because for the modern audience, it's like, oh my God, he's fighting a dinosaur. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. As Spock is assisting in the construction, he receives more information from Uhura and moves away from the group to try and get a better signal. Uhura has figured out why she could begin to understand the Gorn language. It has similarities to Klingon, which she speaks fluently. She thinks she can translate and communicate with them. McCoy interrupts on the same channel and tells Spock that he's been researching Singh's past and says that they can't trust him. He didn't just fight in the eugenics war. He started it. He is the warlord Khan Noonien Singh. His name is Khan... No, he's not... Goddamn warlord! Yep. Yeah. He didn't Uh, just fight in it. He freaking started it! Like, <laughs> just imagine both. No, I, I can hear it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and is responsible for the deaths of millions who he deemed inferior to him and his augmented brethren. That's how the, the eugenics war was basically like cyborgs and genetic modified people, mm. which is what Khan is. It, in the original series, it's selective breeding. Yes. Which yeah. is... Ugh, yeah. But also, you know, post-war shit. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like eugenics is like ah, well, yeah, that's Some, that same thing. It's like yeah. breeding in a weird way, but just with by the time they get to Wrath of bullshit. Khan, yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the time they get to Wrath of Khan in the eighties, they specifically talk about genetic modification and yes. being yeah. bred Superior and insight. engineered to be the perfect being and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Spock tries to hide his new knowledge for now, but unknown to him, Khan's enhanced senses allow him to overhear the conversation. Superhero. Pretty much. He's got he's, some bat DNA in there. Da- he's Daredevil in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Leto appears. Oh. I'm Morbius. No, he does not. 2013 Jared Leto was probably all right. Nah. Pushing a bit. Yeah. He, he's never been okay. He just won an Oscar at that point, I think. I think for Dark Spice Club. Yes. Yes. That was 2011, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Carry on. Spock returns to the group as they complete the construction of their new weapon. He informs the captain that Uhura can probably understand and translate the Gorn language, so they attempt a truce. As this discussion is happening, the Gorn catch up with them, and Spock tries to negotiate via Uhura's translation on the communicator. As they begin to understand each other, the Gorn lower their makeshift weapons. They've crafted like wooden spears and sharpened some rocks and stuff. Sure. You know, the usual. They discuss the attack on Cestus Three, which is the outpost that was in the earlier bit in the film, yeah, and how it was actually a misunderstanding about the outpost being in Gorn space territory. There's a theme here of Starfleet expanding and not checking first mm. that comes up all the fucking time in the TV show. Of course. There's a, as you kind of hinted at earlier, Matt, there's a lot of like, maybe Starfleet isn't just, in, just perfect in every way and mm. got the best intentions. They just keep expanding their space and then don't check and then people die. And they pay for that. I mean, there's a beautiful Seti Alpha 5 Wrath of Khan moment. Like, he left John Plant with life. This is that planet. He didn't ever came back to check on if I was all right. It's like, yep. oh, yeah, I didn't, did I? Yep. <laughs> it's like, idiot. <laughs> oh, that's where I left my augmented superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> they agree to work with the Enterprise crew to disable the device that is straining both of their ships. Uhura's channel with Spock suddenly goes dead as a Klingon warbird comes out of cloak and cuts off the Enterprise's communications fully. The Klingons insist that they must not interfere in the battle 
or they will destroy the Enterprise. Sulu slumps into the captain's chair, feeling useless to help his friends and crew. What's that warbird look like then? Uh, Gunmetal grey. <laughs> like a big old bag of Megatrons. Is it, is it just like a cool new version, right? It's a cool new version that's, that, that, that's green and looks Love cool. It. And I would like a toy of it. It's one of them. Yeah, cool. On the planet's surface, the combined group of Enterprise and Gorn crew are able to locate the dampening beacon a few kilometers north of their position on the precipice of a ravine. Working together, they're able to pull apart and disable the device, destroying the field that was restricting both ships in orbit. That's a single sentence. Imagine a lot of like technological of working together yeah. and building stuff. And I love it. Strength of Gorns and ingenuity of humans and all this kind of stuff. Working together to yeah. overcome an obstacle. Exactly. Yeah, love it. The Klingons realize what's happened and open fire on the Enterprise, seconds after the Starfleet ship's shields are raised. Imagine there's a tense moment where they, mm. the Klingons fire their, whatever their photon torpedoes it, are. It's so those, li- those little red things, like, shields, shields now, yeah. shields now, and it hits the shields. Nah, yeah. I like that, I like that. A ship battle breaks out between the Warbird, Enterprise, and the Gorn ship. The Gorn appear to initially take the side of the Klingons, but realize that this is their chance for freedom and fire upon the warbird, disabling it. On the surface, the new but uneasy allies celebrate their shared success. Spock informs Kirk of McCoy's discovery about Singh's true identity, the bloodthirsty warlord known as Khan. And he says exactly like that. Khan. He does an impression <laughs> of Benedict Cumberbatch's smell for some reason. His name is Khan. I am a dragon. Hobby who over-enunciates everything. Burglar. <laughs> Spock turns to look for Khan and sees him standing at the top of the ridge above them, wielding the cannon they had built earlier. Sneaky motherfucker. Khan fires the cannon at the group, knocking Gat and two of the Gorn off the edge of the ravine. Kirk and Spock manage to dodge the initial blast, but the floor beneath them collapses, dropping them into a cave below. Kirk, already injured, lands badly and breaks his leg. Spock re establishes contact with the Enterprise screaming two to beam up into his communicator as he helps finish Kirk. He helps finish off Kirk. He helps finish Hello. off <laughs> Two to beam up, but not the captain. <laughs> Spock takes the side of Khan. It's a big, he puts his goatee back on and it's evil Spock this whole time. Oh, I didn't mean like finish him off. I meant finish, finish him, him off. That's what I thought you meant, yeah. yeah. Sorry, captain. It's a good death. Yeah, sure. Something like that. <laughs> Spock re-establishes contact with the Enterprise, screaming two to beam up into his communicator as he helps Kirk to his feet. Khan leaps down to finish them off, but realises what's happening. He tackles Kirk out of the transporter energy as it begins to transport him, and Khan and Spock disappear in a swirl of white light, leaving Kirk behind. Damn. Khan and Spock battle in the transporter room as they appear on the Enterprise. Khan gets the upper hand, unleashing his true strength and knocking Spock down. He smashes the transporter panel, disabling the transporter and killing the transporter room crew with his bare hands. Pop. Does, he, does he pop some heads? He pops some fucking heads. As much as that is stupid, it's kind of cool. A skull crushing is bad. Skull crushing finale is what we need here. In a 12, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. With the phaser in hand, he takes Spock hostage and drabs and drab him. He dwabs him. A drab of whiskey. A drab <laughs> of whiskey. With the phaser in hand, he takes Spock hostage and drags him as a Vulcan shield. I was going to say human shield here, and I realise he's not hu- half human, half Vulcan shield. Daft racist. All the way to the bridge. He demands that the Enterprise crew go to warp to retrieve his crew. 
a half-conscious Spock mumbles something about the captain before Khan tightens his grip to silence him. Khan makes a final demand for Sulu to go to warp, and Sulu reluctantly abides. A wounded Kirk looks up to the stars and sees the Enterprise disappear in a trail of warp dust. Again, a cool visual from Into Darkness with the like yeah, yeah, yeah. Crystal- mm. crystally stuff, leaving him stranded. His scream of Khan! <laughs> echoes around the cave as the silhouettes of the surviving Gorn arrive behind him. That's it. That's it. It ends. Yeah. It ends. On a cliffhanger. Yeah. Very good. It, it's Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's great. I really approve it. It ends that. on the Khan moment. That makes a lot of sense. Setting up a wrath of Khan. So, for those of you who don't know Star Trek, mm. this is Space Seed and Arena, two yeah. very well-regarded episodes of the original series, mm-hmm. mushed together in some weird amalgamation. I thought it might be an episode, maybe, but it's... it's... You're hitting the big names, the big obvious, like yeah, yeah. recognizable stuff. Right, yeah. so. So my original plan was no Khan at all. Yeah, yeah. And go... New story. Go new beyond, basically, and just do, it's a cool Star Trek story, here we go. Yes. And I thought, the amount of times we said, leading up to this, we've talked about it, and even in the commentary, like, you could do Khan, but if you set up a final film with Khan yeah. as the big bad guy... And that got in my brain a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, no, I'm going to put Khan in there. But I'm going to have him be part of the crew for a while. So it actually ma- his betrayal actually makes sense. There we go. And they actually have stakes in him because they don't in Into Darkness. And the fact no. that he has killed members of the Enterprise crew, jeopardized the relationship with the Gorns, potentially, kidnapped Spock and choked him the fuck out and stolen the Enterprise basically mm. by at gunpoint from Kirk, leaving Kirk to die on a planet as he does in Rathacan and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it doesn't follow um, the original series episode verbatim. No. It does its own thing. And mm. it doesn't follow Arena particularly. Does it follow Arena? Doesn't, no, it doesn't. So well, it's basically the fucking Metrons follow, in here. Yeah, Rathacan's there, but it has elements of all of it working, mm. which is nice. Um... Which is often my style when I do these big, like, oh, franchises. That's true. If there's a lot of legacy and lots of, like, reference points of research <laughs> for me to dig into, I'll be like, I like that bit, don't like that bit. I like that bit, oh, no, 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 Like that bit, don't like that bit. And yeah, the whole Metrons thing, for those of you who don't know the original series and the episode Arena, which is the one with the Gorn, mm. the fight is fucking awful, first of all. The <laughs> choreography is. is dog shit molasses slow it's unbearable <laughs> but, but, crap but the location's cool as the location's hell. cool and the idea is cool and so the metrons thing they basically bring them bring the two together as they like intrude on their space basically so you can't fight here we're superior beings we've surpassed the need for war yep so you two need to sort it out and whoever survives then you can go off and be better people basically that kind of doesn't work with this whole like angelic godlike stuff. I don't think that particularly gels with the Abrams verse, the Kelvin verse type stuff. It feels yeah. a bit too crazy for me. A bit too Trek. Yeah. Yeah. A bit too, yeah, 60s Trek, mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. next generation Trek, all that kind of stuff. So what I kind of hint at with the Warbird and stuff is that the Gorn hegemony, which is their kind of like mm. thing, their equivalent of the Federation. Mm. Yeah is actually essentially enslaved to the Klingon Empire mm-hmm. in okay. in the future stuff. 
Mm. So I'm kind of hinting at that in that the Klingons are manipulating this whole thing and they're kind of behind it. And maybe we'll tie into like a Klingon war type thing in the third film. Which is very Star you get... Trek if you're going to go like the real enemies here are Russia and America, but we're going mm. to fight the war in Afghanistan. Mm. There you go. That's That feels like a classic. Thoughts, like, exactly. Yeah, it's like these are the two things, but we're being manipulated these things as a pawn in the middle. I guess, so, I guess, yeah. Perfect. I'm glad you picked up on that, Matt, because there is also from Arena, there's a theme that I really played with and tying into like people's judgments of the Middle East and stuff like that. Yeah. The whole thing with the Gorn and what Kirk does is like, it's a reptile, and he goes, oh, it's gross, better kill it. Yeah. Even though it's a fully sentient, warp-capable species, and he's just like... I'm going to bludgeon it with a brick. I'm, I'm going to bludgeon it to death just in case. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Hold on a minute. It talks... like The Gorn literally talks English at one point. Yeah. Through a translator, sort of. Mm. And he's like, hey, Captain, I'm going to come and kick your ass and stuff. And it's like, okay, this is a bit weird. <laughs> but, like, it's a fully functional... Macho Man Randy Sam. Oh, yeah! I'm about to tear into some Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> the Klingons call me the cream of the crop. Yeah! <laughs> Coming for you from space on the ground with my boulder. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, so... The, the whole lesson is Kirk learns not to be so hot-headed and doesn't kill the horrible space monster. Yeah. Because mm. it's a sentient space monster, so it's fine. The real monster was the one who looked exactly. a bit like him. Mm. And it's the whole don't judge people by their looks and all that kind of stuff. Mm, the sure. Gorn are fully sentient, as mm. intelligent, and as, as capable as humans. They just happen to be big old reptiles. Yep. They're all like, well, they're lower than us, right? We're, <laughs> we're primates. Primates are higher in the reptile thing. And, yeah. and tying, you're totally right about the Cold War thing there as well. Like, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're Arabic people. They're Middle Eastern people. Mm. We don't understand their culture, so they're less than us. We'll manipulate like, their own shit because then they can fight as a proxy war for us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tim, your thoughts as, as the non trekky the, mm. the least Trekkie. The, the least the least Trekkie. Ha- yes. Have you seen Arena or Space Seed? Uh, no. <laughs> I think I did, I, I'd assume not. I've, I've seen clips of Arena. Then you've seen enough. Ev- every, yeah. Everyone's seen that clip of yes. yeah, the, the double axe handle. The, yeah, the yeah. better version is the the TNG one of yes, uh, the the Tarak Navar, blah, 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 and then, um, there's a whole thing. Darmok Angelard. There it is. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. That... Yeah, Darmok. I watched like a million times. Yeah, yeah. I I went back. I I think I watched that episode about once a year. That's Just like the significantly better version because it's because it's great. Yeah. Uh, Tarmok and Jalad at Galadra. That's yes. what it is. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I liked it. I think there are some. I. I get what you mean about the kind of the the proxy war stuff, but I also kind of think it might be more interesting if you just made them Klingons mm. instead oh, the of whole Gorn. Time instead of Gorn, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, partially because I think fucking Ron Perlman would make an amazing. Klingon. He would make an amazing Klingon. No, um, no reason you can't bring him back as a Klingon in the third yeah. one, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> maybe reveal the Klingon involvement a little bit earlier, even if it's not revealed to the characters, revealed and, to the and audience. It, and it's Ron Perlman. And it's Ron Perlman. I would agree with Him as a Klingon commander who's gone a bit rogue. Yeah. 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 Cool I feel like, yeah, that's a little bit of a waste to just have him as a as a barely speaking English like... It's, it's quite Ryan Johnson, but it's also, I think, fair. we can yeah. get a better role for him. But yeah, yeah. I agree, I'll go with that. Um, He could be setting up as like the secondary villain actually with i've said that and i kind of want to walk it back just because we established at one point if you want to do that you're gonna have to blackface them up a little bit and that's not great mm. it became a point where you went nope klingons are only played by african-americans or black people it's like 
Yeah, but yeah. also we're in a new universe. They redesigned the Klingons. And they were all black. I know. Actually, they, no, they haven't been seen. They haven't no, been seen in this universe. Yeah, that's so that's a good, yeah. good point. We could have an, a multi-ethnicity. Um, as we yes. know, I'm all for casting African-American yeah, actors yeah, people call, yeah, of yeah, yeah. as much as we can and bringing diversity to our pitches. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a little bit uncomfortable. They're like, oh, they're the savage warrior race. Oh, get yeah, the Cody's by bad. black actors. Yes. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I know, um, I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. kind of and... samurais. Played by a bunch of black people. You're like, okay, yeah. that's a yeah, bit no, weird. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, and the, and the whole thing of having, well, like... Also, Ron Perlman and Rebecca Whenever they have a lot of white people playing Klingons. They are, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They have an albino one that becomes a human for some reason. I don't reason, know. So mm, there's a lot of things I can go... With. Yeah, but Ron yeah, Perlman's yeah. a good for the role. So, yeah, I get it, I get it. Sorry, do carry on. Yeah. Um... I, I I also I'm not sure about having cupcake and Gap be part of the fight. Mm. I would maybe have not to make it it's like Name oh it's cast. the seven people we all know. Yeah. Um just so that say, you know, you can have like Sulu down there and it just to raise I, the stakes of I, having people I we think know about that. Yeah. involved. Yeah. Um I wanted Khan to kill some of the crew. Mm. Or at least like with with the weapon. It's a red shirt yeah. stakes yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. I need yeah. some. I need some red shirts. But like, yeah. I I, I originally had Sulu going down with yeah. obviously cool sword uh, skills and all that mm, kind of mm. stuff and martial arts skills. Chekhov. I mean, he's like seventeen at this. Point, yeah, so a bit weird. Maybe not necessarily him, but like, but, yeah, yeah. I think. Or New maybe maybe yeah. You Sorry. just need to swap out one of them and keep like Gat or something. You know, because he sounds like a cool design mm, or whatever. Yeah. Um. There's no reason Cupcake it's, means to yeah. Be they could just kill Gat or yeah. kill some Gorn or And also you can you can heavily injure some people to raise stakes. Yeah. And not the, the leg and, break of Alice Eve in the second film mm. in his darkness is somehow just as terrifying as it's like come back just stomp across the set of the mm. bridge of the Avengers da, 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 and crunch your leg. It's yeah. like Jesus Christ. And not, yeah. not to get all super bloody. Um it, Don't you, you dare could him. It's it's Star Trek. They have advanced healing technology, so you can batter the fuck out of them. And then, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you want to, when we get to like part two, oh, it's all right. Wibbledy, 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 wibbledy. You're yeah. fine now. But you know, yes, we we beat he beat you up badly, or you you were badly injured in the explosion of the cannon. And for a minute there, you know, it did look like Sulu it, was going to die or whatever kind of it's, thing. It's the line like you barely hung on, Jim. Yes, but we just about managed to save him. That kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. So it was radioactive. No, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> You are superior technology. Yeah. Um, I do think the only, well, not only, a major criticism I have arguably is a slight lack of stakes because I feel like yeah. the payoff in the second film. Yeah. The thing that's, or the third, the, the film mm. that's yet to come, the second part of this movie, because it's, if we're, if we're playing the whole thing as a, as a, con- a continued narrative, the idea that Khan, what does he do with the spaceship? How fucking crazy is he? Carry- mm-hmm. He obviously carries on his genocidal mission. Like, I'm now going to blow up everybody, and the Klingons are in hot pursuit. What the fuck goes on? Is it entirely on the verge mm-hmm. of war? That's where we get the big meat of the the tension. This is the nice setup to it, I think. And you're right. I think this is where it becomes a dour moment. But if we look back at, we talked about this on the in the, in the commentary. Very little happens in Into Darkness. There's a lot going on, arguably. Yeah. But in terms of actual story and beats and things happening, it's like kind of a lot of nothing. I'm yeah. not saying that's with your because your hatch has substance oh, and, st- yeah. and things there, so it's good. Mine's more character driven than plot driven. Yeah, and that's sure. good. That's Star Trek. 
I think there's definitely a half to it because obviously it is a half. And that's the yeah. whole point. Mm, it's yeah. designed like that, and I, I genuinely think that's very interesting. And I'm mm. I'm very much here for the next I'm, part. I'm not entirely because uh, I know we've criticised films about this in the past. Pirates of the Caribbean being a good example of like, mm. oh, you made half a movie and then you just kind of no, stop. It still <laughs> feels like there's enough closure here to make it work. Mm. I think it still feels like it contains the thing. makes but... loads of money like Into mm. Darkness does and we get to the third one. And yeah. I think they have to be signed off initially from the start. Like, yeah. 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 Another one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think stakes could be raised. I think, yeah, maybe you make it like that there is... I think you already these... nailed it with the whole the Klingon threat. Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe make it something like, you know, oh... T- tensions are at a peak between the Federation and the Klingons. There's these, like, maybe there's, like, some peace talks that are going on that then there's, like, misinterpretations and it turns into this, like, mm. blood combat. Yeah. And then you have Khan there as this X factor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a good show. Like, you could maybe even do something along the lines of rather than discovering him beforehand, like, they like the planet that they're fighting on is where the the sleeper like the cryo ship has crashed or something that's a cool mm. idea um yeah, and yeah. so they come across him and and he you know is like oh, well i'll join your side because i'm a human but uh, you know and then he's like you you know if you're going to fight these creatures you need you need uh you know old old school tactics and yeah. like basically he's like yeah. rambo you know in the woods kind of on yeah them. Mm, and they're yeah. like oh yeah. god this guy's brutal yeah, yeah. Um, i i would say I would put two things in there. I think, and this is not like criticism for yourself. That's like, no, it's more just like, I think we can elevate it. They basically put in seeds mm-hmm. uh, that would be payoff later in the next movie. Mm. So I would have, as Tim said, peace treaty goes to shit. And I would then have a, 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 a Federation star base is attacked. Mm. And it, everyone's on high alert. Everyone's tense. We, the audience see that there are a couple of ships we don't recognize. When the next film we realize, shit, it's an alliance, a weird fucked up alliance between Romulans and Klingons mm. to start mm. this thing. And on top of all that sort of stuff, there is this underhand thing with Singh where it's like, or Carnunian Singh, that it's like when he interacts with the crew, very charming to the human components, really uncomfortable with the alien components. Yes. Mm. It's like, yeah. like Spock specifically, really, obviously mm. he's really respectful, but I think he be like, Huh. Spock, you say, all right, okay, yeah. Mm. You're the first officer. Not a captain <laughs> then. That kind of little 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 little, 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 little dings. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's a bit of a prick. Yeah, and I like and Spock and Kirk's like, mm. you know what, Spock, I kinda like him. You know, I kind of <laughs> like I don't know. He's like, no, Captain, he's an asshole. Yeah. Um and then it's like, you know, and then he's like he's happy to let this war bang on. It's like, no, he, mm. it all escalates and builds this big political Mm. epic thing because i think that's where it's going it feels uh, yeah i think i think that's what you need you need like some political intrigue going on and then khan as the x factor that that messes it all up the and, catalyst and and, and yeah. Screw, yeah. It, yeah screws up their good intentions and is just this unpredictable factor because he's he's not tied to any of the political factions there he's got his own agenda that he's going to see through in kind of brutal fashion yeah and you end up with the whole like, like him saying things like you know oh i was trying to create this superior humans and mm. i've seen what the last 200 years of humanity is yeah. you know what fuck it all yeah, yeah. everything yeah. goes now i'm the progenitor yeah. i'm the new adam diplomacy has made you weak i shall you know build exactly. a new empire that's, that's exactly, exactly that madness what, exactly yeah. what i imagined yeah funny enough i had thought about doing more political stuff i think you guys are totally right this is why 
I, this is my favorite bit of the season episode. <laughs> yeah, like, let's do that. And I'm sat there like, yeah, that's so cool. Let's do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that I don't bring back Bruce Greenwood as Pike at all. Oh, yeah. They're like, mm. I would like, I love to have him in there because I think he's great as Pike mm. and have him as part of that negotiation mm. thing. Mm. And he's oh. an admiral in Starfleet yeah. and brings that thing. You can cut to those scenes and have mm. him be active in the Klingon negotiations or how we want to do it. Yeah. I really like that idea. And if he's. If he's been killed or gets killed in like early engagements, that you can. It's an emotional. It's like I can't swooping down a little thing <laughs> and just shooting <laughs> all the people <laughs> in a room. Like, I don't think that you should play it up because they really try and be like, "Oh, look, it's like Kirk's dad's died all they, over they really again. Do. Let's have yeah. Chris Pine do some." Curious. What a man who's dying yeah. sees fucking hell. Let me like, hold on. Why are you dying? Let me just let me just get off my face. face. <laughs> let me just you know, don't worry. Admiral, it's fine. Let me just touch your face. Everything's fine. Pretty uh, bad then. Oh yeah. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, mate. I, I mean, it's not, I could have done something, but I'm busy. You know, yeah. I'm busy meldmerizing you. Yeah, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't. We don't have to have it be that heavy-handed, but you can have the idea that like Kirk. He's, he's taken, a bit, ev- he's taken a... everything from me. He's got my ship. He's got my crew. <laughs> he killed my sort of dad. Well, well not not have necessarily Khan do it. Have it be part of the like Klingon shit oh, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And that way, Kirk is like, "Why are we out here doing all this like exploration and like mm. farting around, d- making new friends and try- doing diplomacy? Like we weren't there, and Pike." died because yeah. of this and then that way Khan can like appeal to that side of him and be like yes. yeah you should be kicking ass it that also lends itself into one of the most star tricky star trek things kirk hates klingons <laughs> yes. you klingon bastard you kill my son yeah um i know it's not they're not there yet but it's like you klingon bastard kill pike mm. um and that's why you're right Khan can be like yeah, they are bastards aren't they mm. like, they're just hot-headed them no more than animals and like yeah the worst element and you got the Listen here, Jim. I mean, I I I cling on to the next guy, but come on, there's still an empire. There are sovereign yeah. people. They are indeed sovereign, Captain. I don't care what they are. <laughs> it's, it's like that, that voices are there, and yeah, and you got can't yeah. be the evil fucking worm tonguey sort of like. Mm, mm, I'm yeah. liking this. Yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, there are parts of it that remind me of Beyond, like the fact that it's mostly like yeah, set on, on the planet. on the planet. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's a really good choice. Um. I think the one thing this doesn't have is what I say about escalation mm. and the scale is that when you get off the planet in beyond, you go to the big glass bauble mm. in space mm. yeah. and you get the big final showdown. We don't get that because we're getting a second movie. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm okay with it. I can see them people going, ill, but also it's 2013, 2014. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's the era of fucking Hunger Games Part 2. And all yeah. That's, yeah, a, that's a kind is, of a yeah. given almost. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm feeding into that trend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we talk about the, the cinematography for Into Darkness. It's like, the thing I seek to the, destroy. <laughs> I mean, I did it with my, um, uh, with my um, Interview with the Vampire sequel. Mm. That's true. Sometimes you're like, it's too big to do well in one yeah. story. Yeah. Without... An entire trilogy of Hogwarts movies. And... I did do that. Mm. Who did, did two, two Mortal Kombat <laughs> movies? Yeah. yeah, I've not done a multi-part series yet. Yeah, this no. is me hinting, hinting towards, towards it. it. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I didn't like quite like want to the... kick off the season with a double part of a <laughs> six thousand word yeah. Star Trek essay. I think um, the yeah, like, and especially like if we're gonna have the focus be on the the planet for basically like the second half if not yeah. more of the film the like half, yeah. doing a little bit more political like wrangling at the beginning 
allows you to do some a some maybe some like spaceship blowing up yeah but also not feel like it's so constrained there i like that um, yeah because yeah. you could then have a bit with the again if you have like a romulan klingon alliance or whatever happens to be something really and the gorns are like just i don't know what's happening here and the romulans are like oh by the way we're now actually not sure this is going to work out and the are like you dishonorable pieces of shit and yeah. they start fighting each other and the enterprise is like uh 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 let's take take out that fucking federation witness shields 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 it becomes more chaotic in space and then you literally have that beautiful shot in my mind where you can see the blip, 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 flipping in the sky and then you pan down to the fighting on the ground and yeah. everything is chaos like we can't help you you can't help them everything is just out of reach again not to pull through to the prequels or star wars but it's the battle on multiple fronts yeah right? yes you precisely the, yeah you get the space battle you get the lightsaber battle and also the trying to disable the thing to help yes. the space battle thing that's happening with but, the ground exactly yeah 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 i think that is enough escalation there to a degree because it's again i've done an abrams i'm creating things i seek to destroy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have my taxi book for 15 minutes. Just Lovely. So we're wrapped up. We're good. We're yeah. going to finish now. So that was my Star Trek Seed of Destruction, a replacement and sequelized version of Star Trek Into Darkness, the thing I've been thinking about for about 10 years. <laughs> I do not like that movie. But if you do, or you disagree with me, or you're intrigued to see my part three, let us know. Hit us up on all the social medias. We are sequelizers on Twitter, on the Instagrams, also on Facebook, if you're still on Facebook for some reason, I don't know. If someone's mum, you might still be on Facebook. <laughs> I think, I think that's a thing. We don't have a TikTok yet. Maybe we should start a TikTok. Who knows? I got a TikTok. Max got a TikTok. Go and follow Matt on TikTok. Why not? Mostly about his Blu-rays. It's entirely, entirely about, about Blu-rays. his Blu-rays. Every time I see a trend that's quite cool, I'm like, ah, nah, I don't nah. Blu-rays only. Just talk about Blu-rays. Yeah. But if you want to talk to me about Blu-rays or Star Trek or anything <laughs> in general, I am JLW Chambers on all the social media. I also host another podcast called Search with Candor, which is about SEO, PPC, digital marketing, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, my co-host Mark is also a Sequelizers listener and is in the Discord and stuff, so you can chat with him about stuff as well. He knows he's way more about digital marketing stuff than I do. He's very clever. And uh, yeah, come and follow me on the, the social medias. Talk about wrestling, talk about Star Trek. I'd like to watch more Star Trek stuff. I haven't watched Lower Decks yet or that other animated series. I right. really want to see Prodigy, but again, it's, yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. Paramount we can't, Plus. don't have that here. Bastard. Can't Peacock be doing the thing. There's, there's Gorn in Prodigy, apparently. They're, yeah. really, they're really cool. Because I looked up Gorn and it was like spoilers for Prodigy. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's mm. the, the, like, the deepest exploration of Gorn lore because it's basically non existent. Cool. <laughs> There's a bit in Enterprise. I was going to say, where... doesn't one show up in Enterprise and they do yeah. a weird redesign of it? Yes, they do, Tim. Fuck's yes, sake, they Enterprise. do. There was originally a Gorn prisoner as part of the Klingon stuff that was supposed to be in 2009. Oh, right, okay. There is a design for it and a bloke in like a costume. Does it thing. look good? Uh, right, that's no, we're about to get a new one. It's fine. One. It's decent. It's better than fucking Enterprise. Does it say, Alan? <laughs> Alan, I wish it did. Um, yeah, and they're also in the video game that is set between 2009 and Into Darkness. Sure, there's a whole Gorn thing in there as well. You can you Be can honest. play them in Star Trek Online, which I've played quite a lot. I, oh. I played a Gorn in Star Trek Online. Yeah, they're my fucking Klingon Empire bastard. Are I you? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Because I'm a Gorn. Um, look at me, I'm a Gorn. Uh, <laughs> Matt, speaking of Gorns, Hello. how can they follow you on the social media, including TikTok? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on all of it. Um, you can go to theredrighthand.co.uk. 
to read my Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond reviews and other things if you want. Uh, you can go to. You didn't do 2009. You just buy that. Oh, and I have that as well. I think you have the full Kelvin verse. Uh, it's more because the Maybe. old archive stuff on my that's, site. That's fair. It's, it's like you recently updated your site, and it's all like thing. two decades of reviews. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. So yes, that or cheeseman.com to see the things I make. You can search the BBG Wrestling channel to find out uh, about the Sumo Drop, my other podcast about sumo wrestling. Uh, at time of release, we're in between Basho, so it won't be until May for the next one. But you can, you know, catch up on the rules of sumo drop wrestling if you want to catch up with that. Tim, Tim, if I needed coordinates to find out where you might be, how could I find you? What would I put into my... What would I tell my helmsman to, to chart a course for? Matt, I have and will always be your trivia underscore lad on Twitter. <laughs> Tim, out of danger? His <laughs> was the most Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where you can follow me on social media. Um, I'm Love other it. places as well, but that's where I do most of my stuff. And, and by stuff, I mean mostly retweet other accounts and occasionally say something stupid. That's what we all do on Twitter, isn't it? I was going to say, that's what Twitter is made for. Yep. So go follow us on all the social media stuff. If you can, please do review us on your podcast app of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Well, I think that's owned by SiriusXM now, and it's a whole thing. Sure. Whatever. But please do review us if you can. Share us around on social media and recommend episodes. If you know there's a Trekkie in your life that hasn't heard sequelizers yet, Hopefully they're not a huge Into Darkness fan. Two episodes to foist on them. Exactly. We've previously done Star Trek V. We've now done Star Trek whatever the fuck number Into Darkness is. Twelve. Is it twelve? Twelve. Oh, okay. That was nice. They broke the even number is good one thing. They did. Yeah. Now it's odd numbers are good. Idiots. Anyway, share us around. Recommend us to your friends. It would very much help us out. Help spread the good word of sequelizers. If you want to come and join us on the Discord... If you want to come and buy some merch, catch up on the archive of our live streams and all that good stuff, you can go to sequelizers.com. It's the hub of information for pretty much everything. I'm doing some tweaks on the website, so it should all be updated fairly soon. Sweet. We're going to have new merch and stuff. Our anniversary is coming up later on in the season. Big plans are in the works. Five years since episode one. I am old. Uh, <laughs> Five-year mission. It to... is. It's our five-year mission to yeah. boldly sequelize well, where no one has sequelized before. We're done with it, I guess. Sure, we'll just retire. Bye, everybody. We're not coming <laughs> back next week. <laughs> but yes, we have lots of terrible fucking movies to talk about in season ten. Picks from patrons coming up. Though. Some real, real stinkers. Stinky ass cracks <laughs> of <laughs> of the cinematic and, and and some cool stuff too, I guess. Not to scare you all off from season yeah, 10. Yeah, no, no. It's going to be a big season, that's yeah. what I'm saying. People come for the stink. They know why they're here. <laughs> we all come for the Huff stink. Huff in the Matthew. bum smell. Huff in the bum smell of season 10. We hope you stick around for the full season. Like I said, we've got crazy shit coming up and big plans. But until then, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Live long and fuck off. Fuck off.